Hello and welcome to episode 83 of NPS We Trust, a PlayStation podcast. My name's Davey and joined with me, as always, is the fine wine himself, Mr. Philip Hoy. Yes, and we're back again. We're going back to back podcasts. We did one last week and we're doing one this week. Jesus Christ, that's bang for your buck. That is bang for your buck. Definitely isn't. Speaking of bang for your buck, Mr. Bang himself, the bangiest cheeky cheeky bang bang I know, Spencer Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I don't know what being the bangiest person means, but it sounds positive. So let's fucking go, baby. I'm bangy. Banging with it. Cheeky cheeky bang bang could fly, could go underwater. It could do whatever you want. It's a wonder car. And I'm thinking you're like the wonder bread in the sandwich that we got with Phil wearing the black and us in the white. So you're that bit of nice wonder bread on top, mate. That, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe a bit of Hovis best, best of both, you know? Kind of all right sometimes. Kind of would prefer something else, you know? What? You're that minging last slice, mate. The crust. The crust. That Without the crust, you can't let the rest of the bread shine, can you? And that's exactly what my job is to do. And guys, we have got a hell of an episode for you. Just like me being the crust, I'm going to lay you through the rest of this loaf as we unpack and we butter each slice, slice by slice of the PlayStation Nation to deliver a nice hearty meal for you all. We are going to be going through a question that we will pull out of the ether to see what these guys think about something or another. We will then move it into what we've been playing, onto the quick news, two rumours for you, and we shall end with a listening question, which is our topic of the day. A huge, huge show to go through. But first, let's kick it off with that question, shall we? Phil, you got one to bring to the table today, I believe. Yes, that's right. The meat between the sandwich of you two, I'm the meat in the middle, and I'm going to bring you the question for today. So my question is going to start off very light, but I'm sure it'll go down and it'll get a little bit dirty when we come over to Spencer. So I'm going to throw it out to you guys, okay? I'm going to throw it out. It's going to be really open-ended, and I just want you to describe your dream technology. Okay, so it doesn't have to be PlayStation specific, but we are on a PlayStation podcast, so possibly it could link to PlayStation in some way. But if you could invent any piece of tech to improve your life or to improve your your gaming life, what would it be? So I'm going to come over to Davey first before we go down to the depths with Spencer, because I already know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's going to be vile, isn't it? It's going to be absolutely vile. Mine, Phil, I've kind of thought about this and I thought, right, well, what do I always complain about in like everyday life? And it's travel. And it's going anywhere, right? Just sucks. It just sucks. You got to go and drive across the country to go on holiday or to go to the airport or to take a flight or to go to a tournament. Say you're going to play Street Fighter at a local event and you think, oh God, I got to travel all the way there, find parking, all this. Teleporter. A personal teleporter like in Star Trek that you could get in and just warp there. You know, just immediately just appear in wherever you want to be would save so much. Do you think how much you could carry with you if you had one of those? Possibilities are endless. It's a super strong shout, and you've gone to the right place to be able to get some ideas. I mean, all future ideas come from Star Trek, don't they? They're based in some kind of technology, surely. I mean, the thing I also want is that kind of microwave that they have on the Enterprise where you could just be like, mum's homemade apple p- apple tart and it's just like ding and it pops out and they're like oh it's not quite as good but it's really close you know 
You mean the replicator. And we kind of have something that's similar to a replicator. We have 3D printers these days. They can replicate things. It's not the speed that you see on the Starship Enterprise, but they create things very similar to the way the replicator maybe possibly could work. It prints something out for you. Obviously, you wouldn't print food that would be edible. You might be able to get a plastic burger out of it. You could probably get one of those. You know that uh, paper that you can eat, like that sugar paper that you can kind of lick? that they normally wrap like muffins around and people are like, is this edible? Is this edible? And then you're like, yeah, yeah. They eat it. It's just normal paper one. They're like, oh, no, it's not the same. It's not the same. One <laughs> of those. So maybe it's made out of that stuff. And then you can make whatever you want. You can make a little swan. Edible sugar paper. Well, I'm not going to lie to you boys. It might be a surprise to you. They've already 3D printed food for years. Uh, nothing that's like, it's all vegan and vegetarian food, I think. Uh, but- is that really food? No. Ah, it's not food I would digest, but it's it's food that people eat, and it's actually been 3D printed all the time. They've been doing it for years. How does that work? What do you do? You just chuck your tomato in, and then next thing you know, you come out with a burger. That I, I ain't got a foggy how it works, but I, I remember reading about it years ago. They've been doing it for a long time. This is one of those lies they tell people to get them into veganism. Do you want to be able to print, 3D print your own food? All you do is chuck a celery in, a broccoli, a carrot, maybe a swede, and next thing you know, you've got a beef stroganoff. I don't think so. I've I, I got a feeling it's not going to work this kind of way, where I could be like, do me a replica of a sausage, please. And it'd be like, I got you, mate. Just comes out. It would just, I reckon it's just going to be a mush, and it's only in either paste form or some kind of pate. So you walk into Greg's and you're like, can I get a vegan sausage roll? And they're like, give me, give me a sec. I'm just going to print that for you, sir. And it like comes out. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Although, actually, those vegan sausage rolls, I remember trying one on one of our trips to Birmingham because we went out with a friend of ours who I believe is vegan or vegetarian. And he ordered one and we uh, shared it around, shared a sausage roll on the way up to Birmingham between the three lads. And we very much enjoyed that, didn't we, Davey? I'm not going to say anything bad about Greg's ever. Even on their vegan range, it slaps tits. They do it, they're bringing back the vegan steak bake. You bet your ass I'll be having one of those just to try it. And they're, they're never quite as good. This is always the thing, you know, like uh, your moral code, you know, if you care about sacrificing animals and not, you know, not killing animals and oh, the poor little chicks that are laying their eggs and all that, if you care about all that, you can make do with the fact that your food doesn't taste as good. But it tastes okay. You know, it's like a 7 out of 10 as opposed to a 10 out of 10. So it's, it's, it's average, you know. You, you'd be happy with it. You know, you, you feed it to your dog. But the problem is, the problem is with the vegan food, generally it's more expensive or it's the same price as the normal food. <laughs> it's definitely not normal, but you know, normal food from normal people, you know, with meat in it, of course, right? Because we're all, we're all meat eaters here, aren't we? Especially Spencer. Loves a bit of meat. Why not? Fucking A. Two... Right. When I get a pizza, I get it with, there's not a single bit of vegetable or anything on it. It's just meat, baby. Mm. Cheese, right? You have some cheese on it? Well, it's just a pizza, mate. Of course it has cheese on it. Not to deter this and, and take this off down a whole rabbit hole here. But there was somebody I was speaking to and they don't like cheese. And they what? said that they, yeah, and they ordered pizza and it's just tomato with the meat on top. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah, is, that what is, is wrong weird. with you? Like, why my would you order doesn't pizza? Have cheese, mate. What? Yeah. My missus doesn't have cheese. She has, it's literally just tomato sauce. And then she has chicken, peppers, sweet corn. 
It's the most diabolical pizza I've ever seen. And she likes it Ludicrous. cold as well. She's a... Why don't she just order a Subway? That's just, a, that's just Subway a sandwich, a isn't it? Yeah. It's just a, a yeah, shit sandwich is. just with no bread on top. Oh, I'm crazy, not Crazy, like crazy. My brother doesn't like mushrooms. How does he cook anything? The start, the, to cook anything, you basically put mushrooms and onions in a pan and start frying, and then you put all the other stuff in, and it makes it nice. He doesn't like mushrooms. What about garlic? That's a weird one for me. Garlic. Garlic's one of those things that, like, I never understand if people don't like garlic either. And I think, like, there's, it's like one of those things where shouldn't judge to this extent, but there's certain foods that are like a proper warning sign. People don't like ketchup, weird. Like, really weird. Red flag. Like, big big red flag. That, cheese, garlic. If you don't like any of those three, nah. I don't know if I could involve myself with that. That's There's too many caveats there that you can't have stuff. And anything you order, you've got to make sure that it doesn't include, like, those three ingredients, which is pretty much on everything you order. I think, like, McDonald's must be a fucking nightmare zone. You know, because most of them have, like, some kind of ketchup in there. But... Anywho, I, I digress. So, my... Looping this background, though, Dave, just before you do move it over to Spencer, I don't like mayonnaise. And mayonnaise is on literally every sandwich going. So, mm. talking about Greg's, I can't have a sandwich outside the normal baton with cheese in it and a bit of ham. <laughs> That's all I can have at Greg's. I don't have options because every other fucking sandwich in there. And let's get the rage on. Lewis isn't here for, for once. And he was swearing his ass off about Mary Jane in the last episode. So I'm going to take that place. Fuck you, Greg's putting mayonnaise on everything. Whoa. Fuck you. Whoa, this is you problem. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise. Is nice. mayonnaise is nice. It's nice. Every sandwich. I've got one option. The vegan's got more option than me. <laughs> <laughs> Not having it. That's not nice, is it? It's not fair. Where's my rights? I'm going to go on a march. <laughs> Anti-mayo march. Don't ban mayo. I love mayo. And uh, without mayo, it. the sandwich would be dry. You can't have that. You can't exactly dip it in butter? water. Ever heard yeah. of butter? Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same as a bit. Normally, you'd have a bit of butter right, it's and bad, mayo. Man. You'd have both. You'd combine the both. And it's like super, super luscious. You get this nice creamy white substance all around your mouth. It's great. It's a great time. Great time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But to bring it back, well. my, my thing I actually want is to teleporter, lads. And I just think you can get anywhere you want around the world, attend any event. If I want to pick up a game and I want to be there at midnight, I don't have to think, oh, I'm going to drive and la la la. Just teleport right there. Or I just teleport into the warehouse and just take it early. Get early stock every time. Sure, I'm nicking. They ain't going to catch me. I've got a teleporter. Straight out of there. <laughs> what are you going to do? Nothing. He just popped in. I swear, we got it on camera. Like, no, you're seeing things, Jimmy. You've had too many coffees. You've been working the night shift too long in this warehouse. <laughs> and I want it to make that noise as well when I appear. So it like, startles people. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I want. So that's my, that's my thing. Well, we spoke too much about sandwiches and Greg's to really question that one. But, but good idea. Good idea. I, I could see that maybe not happening too soon. But you never know in the future. Spencer, I'm going to throw it over to you. What are you thinking for your dream piece of technology? Sure. So teleport is a hell of a shout because whenever we discuss superpowers, we always say teleporting would be the most beneficial in your day-to-day. -day. Uh, I stand by that. I think it'd be a brilliant invention. But for what I would like, I don't really leave my room. So a teleporter isn't that useful to me. 
It would be. It'd be immensely useful, and it'd save you a lot on car repairs. But I like to stay at home and just chat to people online, play games. But there's one thing I can't do that I think needs to be invented, and that is just an actual browser for the PS5 so that I can watch VR porn on my PSVR 2. And that is all I need. That'd be Sony, it'd be so easy. You've made browsers for every other system. The PS Vita had a browser. The PSP had a browser. Are you PS sure? Vita might not have. Are you sure there isn't a browser on PS5? I'm like 99% There's sure workarounds, there is. workarounds, but there isn't a browser. Really? That's Yeah, this workaround is like signing into Twitter, but then you click on a bu- one of the options on Twitter and it lets you change the URL. But there's no actual browser. And it needs to be made because as soon as it is, I'm... I'll be in VR all day. It'd be fine. I'd get my money's worth out that PSVR too. That's what this invention is for, is to actually put that 550 quid to use by jacking my penis. Dude. I, I'm, I'm on it right now. It says, from the PS5 home screen, select the internet browser icon. Are you sure about There isn't this? one. There isn't one. It says, once your PS5 system software is up to date, you can access the PS5 internet browser. To do this, follow these steps. From the PS5 home screen, select the internet browser icon. Dude, it says how to access PS5's secret web browser. I'm on one that just says about doing it. Just going on there. Accessing the internet browser. It doesn't have one. I might turn mine on. Have a look. I might have a look right now. It doesn't I'm have one. This. I know I'm it doesn't. This right now. This is a live demo on the podcast. Let's find live it out. Demo. Let's, let's, let's the solve footage. a problem. Let's solve a problem. I, I didn't think my hypothetical would take us this way, but let's try and solve a problem for those people trying to wank on their PSVR too. I might right. be. I might, I'm really tired, but I might end up staying up tonight if this comes to fruition. So here we go. Might change your life, mate. It might do. Now, where would it be? Is the big question. Where would it be? It says on the home screen, press the browser button, mate. There ain't no Chrome <laughs> on there, is there? Come on. Well, I don't Do you want exactly... me to talk you through the secret browser? No, hold on. So this is the instructions. This is what it says on this website, right? This is from the Medium. How to use PS5 Internet Browser, everything you need to know. The PS5 Internet Browser is built-in web browser that comes with the console. La 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 la. Setting up the PS5. Before you can start using it, you need to set it up on your console. Updating the PS5 software. So, settings. All right. After updated, select the internet browser icon. Yeah, the medium has just made all this up. This post. So I'm reading it now as well, and not a single thing they're saying is true. Yeah, I think you're right. I take it back, mate. I take, I should. This is why. We should never trust the internet. That's why we can't have nice things. If anybody does know if you can access a browser, let me know. Not that I will watch porn on it, but now I just feel like as if this is too obvious not to have. That's wild it doesn't have an internet browser. What, are we the fucking Switch? <laughs> like some fucking... Who's watching porn on their Switch? <laughs> well, at least you could take I it would. to the bathroom, can't you, for a quick clean-up? Yeah, it'd be class. Imagine you're watching it on the big TV and then just as you're about to bust, you just take it onto the bathroom with you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, actually, it's a class bit of kit for it. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> if you could get a browser on it. And if you really wanted, you could use get Nintendo Labo and now you've got a VR headset with it too. 
You do what it mate. The switch although, is the perfect thing. Although that's made out of cardboard and you can't get that wet. Well, you know how how far you spaffing, <laughs> mate. <laughs> well, what comes up must come down. He's like that. <laughs> Legs over the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I got those ribs uh, removed, don't you, Spence? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the Marilyn Manson thing. Yeah. Yeah, yep. conclusive. No web browser on this. Certainly not. Told you, mate. So you're thinking of something that would change humanity. I'm thinking of something that would uh, probably work, like not really help me. If anything, probably make me more of a, what's the word? A neek. Hermit. A hermit. Yeah, hermit's a good word for it. But I mean, my PS5 would get a lot more use. The issue is <laughs> in that PlayStation wrapped at the end of the year, my internet browser would have 2,000 hours. It'd be the most played. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to post my my places you wrapped again. Absolutely not. Especially if it showed you what you were watching on there. Oh, that'd be peak. You know when you're like on GTA it says like is driving down this street when you look at what your friends are doing? Or it'll say is in the strip club. It'll be like is on this URL. And it'd be like ropes. Midget's gone wild. <laughs> you've watched this for 700 hours <laughs> Jesus. it's why it's why they should never do a Pornhub wrapped like nobody that would be the most no one al- would post that I'd love to see that I'd be the most alarming thing ever I'd be like Jesus Christ I have a problem I'm watching too much of this <laughs> told you your hours your favourite genres <laughs> oh my god no you just don't want to know there's some things that you're better off not knowing in there <laughs> Christ. What what about yourself, Phil? What would you uh what would you bring to the table here? Well, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking, well, I'm not a PSVR2 owner. I'm not a PSVR owner. I'm not a VR owner at all. And what would get me into VR? So I was thinking of technologies out there that really, you know, push the boundaries. And I was thinking about the 4D cinemas that people go to, you know, with the moving seats and kind of like fans and water and all these other effects that sort of go on. And then I thought about a a 4D cinema that I've been to. I've been to see the Muppets 4D over in Orlando. And I know you guys are massive fans of the Muppets, especially after what you were saying about when I think it was... I think they've had Kermit, they've had um, Animal, they've had Gonzo. They've had them all uh, join Jeff Keighley, haven't they, on the show? And each time you guys are disgusted by it. But I love the Muppets, and I love the Muppets 4D. And in that one, there's a part where they spray you with a bit of water and you all have a bit of fun. And then the rats run under your chair and you're like, ooh, the rats. And then you get a little bit scared. So let's introduce that now into the world of VR, okay? So with the water, you've seen it, where people have those little bits of water, uh, bit, little pipes by the side of their eyes. It looks as if they're crying. We get that and that, twist them around and they squirt you in the face when something happens. You're going through horizon, you dip diving through the water and splash, you get a bit of water in your face. That brings it into reality. Then with the fan, you could just attach a fan to the side of your head and keep you cool as you're playing and then it just speeds up. You're cruising around in Gran Turismo, you wind down the window, the fan ramps up, and your hair starts blowing back. That would immerse you so much into the game. And possibly that might get me into PSVR 4D. I've already come up with a name. So they're going to have to come up with PSVR 3 first, and then this will be the PSVR 4D. So that's how, how much in the future I'm going with this one, guys. Are you buying? Are you in? Um, 
I've, I'd like to be in, but it's kind of like the smell-o-vision thing, you know, when Ooh, they said... Ooh, that, if, that could, we could add that as well, couldn't we? You're coming up with ideas on the fly. Loving this, boys. Come on. Keep them coming. Smell-o-vision. Yes. I don't think it's a great... I don't trust, right? Because if it has water in the thing, which it does, surely you have to refill that yourself. I wouldn't trust... Plumb it into the mains, mate. There's <laughs> a big it's, pipe Jesus. that comes down your back. You get you know in the we water. Com- you know like- we complained about with PSVR, there was too many cables. Well, PSVR 4D is going to have more cables. We're going bigger with everything. So even more cables. This one, you plug it into the tap and you turn it on, ready for that moment where you into the water. Fucking hell. What if it's on too high and you just get <laughs> blasted back to freaking oblivion? And what if, if it is refillable, what if you've had a night with your mates and one of your mates is drunk and they think it'd be a laugh to piss in your headset so the next time you use it, <laughs> you get blasted with piss. I don't know. I don't know. Or worse, spaffing in it. I don't Whoa. know how they'd get the volume. But it's, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's downsides to it. Also, electronics with water inside of it, I don't trust too much, personally. I think it's, I'd need to try it out. I'd need to see it. If you can get your hands on one, Phil, and I'll come around and give it a go. Maybe I'll adopt into it. But I need okay. to see it firsthand. All right. Next time you're over, bring your PSVR 2. I'll, I'll get my... <laughs> piss on my uh, face. I'll get my, yeah, I'll get my dick out. And I'll, I'll take a piss and uh, blow in your face. Oof, make There's an offer so you cold. cannot refuse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. What are you saying, Davey? Fuck no. This is the worst idea ever in my life. Um, no. And 4D cinemas, right? If you want this more close to home, instead of having to go watch the Muppets, in Cineworlds now, across the country, Newport being one in Spitty, they've got them installed in there. So certain films you can go watch in 4DX. They call it 4DX over there. And uh, they do the same thing. It's like, uh, you know, 10 quid extra per ticket or whatever. And then you can feel the wind and all this. But fuck off. I just want to watch something. I just want to... It's bad enough putting on the headset like that is is a barrier and it's something that i've got it literally right next to me and i don't use it enough because it is effort to put it on it's it's like in my head i always think oh i'd love to be one of these people that has like the omnidirectional treadmills so you could like walk around and play skyrim i know that after one go on that i'd be like you know what? i just don't really want to walk around today you know it's miles <laughs> away to get to that dungeon it's going to take me at least half hour walking. I can't be asked. And if I have to like refill up a thing or plumb it in or plug in like an extra thing to power the fan that blasts me in the eyes, I don't know if I want that level of immersion. I, I'm happy checking out when it's smell-o-vision stuff, when we're talking about having a scented candle for Shadow Moses or you know any of this stuff. I don't really need to smell stuff when i play game i'm quite happy just having an audio visual experience to be honest i think that's as far as i need to go uh but yeah maybe maybe i'm behind the curve and maybe you've uh thought about this technology and this is the new way they started with you know headset rumble and maybe the next logical step is blasting your eyes with fucking water i just hope to god i haven't plumbed it into the hot tap because that wouldn't be a very good experience you know unless you're diving in lava and then it knows Time to scorch your eyes out. Oh, this is great. I love this. <laughs> well, one of those pipes that we're connecting, we're connecting straight into the gas, Davy. <laughs> so things can get pretty hot when you're in the uh, world of 4D. <laughs> oh. 
just fucking carbon monoxide me. You just literally just plug it straight into the into the carbon <laughs> monoxide, turn the alarm off, and it's a silent, quick death for him. Bless his heart. But no, that's a, a quick pass for me, I'm afraid, Phil, on that one. Oh, well. Viewers, listeners, if you've got any ideas about Dream Tech and how you would improve the future, PlayStation or not, please write into the show, pswetrust at gmail.com, or hit us up on the Twitters. And up next, we're going to move this on to what we've been playing. This time on NPS We Trust, what have the boys been playing? So guys, it's been a week since the last podcast episode, and I'm desperate to know what you've been up to in that time. Spence, we always start with yourself. Lay it on me, mate. What have you been up to? Sure, mate. So I think last episode I said I probably would have had Alan Wake 2 done by now. I haven't touched it. It's only been a week, but I've just been way more preoccupied with a different game that I am so deep inside its arse right now. I can't get off of it. And that game, surprise, surprise, is Street Fighter 6. Oh, baby. The best fighting game ever made. What was it? I think number two on my list for good reason. And now I just can't get off it. I've had a massive break from the game. I'm finally back. I'm grinding out ranked, playing Cami. I bought a new costume. It's a bit convoluted the way the costumes work. It's a really stupid system. But it's just a fucking phenomenal game. And honestly, I can't wait to just play it again later on tonight or tomorrow or the next day and every day after. It's a perfect game. Mate, it's been so class. I mean, this is the thing. We finished the uh, Game of the Year show last week. And Spencer was around mine, of course. And as soon as we finished, we booted up Street Fighter. And that was it. From that moment, I was like, God damn, why have I been away? Why have I been away? And it's just great. I'm exactly right there with you, mate. It's got its hooks proper in me. And it's something that I'm jumping on now. And I thought to myself, right, well, now that the tournament system's working... I'm going to go for the platinum on this because I'm really close. I only got to do the, the tournament trophies. And so that's been kind of a good incentive for me to go on every day there's a tournament, sign up for the tournament, enter it, win a couple of games. And then I've got two more tournaments to enter and I've got myself a platinum. So I'll easily have it on the next episode, 100%. And that'd be a nice 0.2% to add to the collection. And it's just been great to be back. And as you said, you know, it's so addictive to play and to notice like, oh, wow, I'm playing so hot today or or I'm not having a great day. I need to hit the lab a little bit. And you and me, especially Spence, we're having some absolutely class sets. So it's been amazing to be able to take the dust off and crush that rust beneath my feet as then we continue now to climb and we head towards Master. Because we're only a few short weeks away, I reckon, before we actually achieve master rank on this. I wouldn't even say weeks away, mate. I think we're if if we're playing at the rate we're playing at the moment, I think we'll get it in at most two weeks, maybe three, at most. I mean, my my girlfriend was over the other day, and she was like, "Oh, I could stay for a bit longer if you want." I was like, "Yeah, of course." I couldn't wait for to leave. I was like, "Yeah, of course." And then the second she left, it must have been like maybe five p.m booted up i think you messaged me as she left and i was like oh let's go we played some street fire and then you had to come off because you only had like half hour to be on and then i didn't come off until midnight because i was just playing ranked all night and i fucking loved it oh listeners play street fighter 6 oh it's been a great old time it's been an absolutely great time and is that everything for you then that's all you've been playing mate that's literally it. I hit Diamond 2 in Street Fighter and I haven't 
Well, that was literally a few hours ago today. I haven't played anything. It's just in, in me. I can't play anything else at the moment. I think I feel like I have a goal in mind. And until I achieve this, I'm just not going to touch any other games, which is quite a shame. Well, let's get some variety up in here. Mr. Philip Hoy, what have you been playing? Well, Davey, it has only been a week and I haven't been playing a lot at all, really. I've only had a few hours and those few hours, actually, I've been on the PlayStation today because we've had a demo dropped at 5 p.m. today. We've had Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. And this game's coming out on the 15th of January. And this was a nice little sneak peek into what's been going on with that game because you get a little bit of uh, the game to play through. And this game is coming out on everywhere. Literally every platform is coming out on the Switch, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, X, S, and Windows. So this is the 2D side-scrolling platform adventure game, uh, which I've been hyping up. And and yes, the scores have been coming in. The meta scores have been coming in. Uh, I tweeted about it earlier that the demo had dropped. And Lurian, literally within a couple of seconds, tweeted back with the meta score of 87%. So this game is already scoring very, very highly. So in the game, you take control of Sargon, a young member of the warrior clan named the Immortals. And he travels to the cursed city of Quaff to rescue the kidnapped prince now you can jump slide ear dash you've got the blades to defeat your enemies and of course there's a parry in it this game looks absolutely freaking beautiful for the time i played with it i haven't completed the demo yet i haven't really put in a lot of time but i thought i'd i'd jump in there quickly before the podcast before i wrote up the show notes uh, just so i'd have something to talk about in this section but my god this this game I've been talking about it a little bit. I've been talking about it a while on the podcast. And I, I'm really excited for the 15th of January because everything I'm seeing is singing at the moment. And uh, yeah, can't wait for the 15th for when this comes out. I went to check out the demo myself earlier today because I saw a tweet go up saying, oh, it's now live on the PlayStation Store. Went on, this was about 12 o'clock. And I thought, well, i got a couple of hours without any work really to do. I could probably check it out. And yeah, it was 5 p.m. today it went live for us so the uk lost out a little bit there so i haven't had a chance to play it yet and now i don't know if i will because i was thinking about the same thing for you i was thinking oh it would be good to chat about on the show la 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 but by the time we get to the next episode it'll be out it'll be out in four days i'm just gonna play it you know the only thing is though i'm kind of up another game's ass right now which i'll talk on my section but i'm super super excited for prince of persia so with the time that you played the game, Phil, how did it all feel? Did it feel fluid? How was the combat? Any thoughts you've got, mate? I'd love to hear them. Well, as I said, I haven't really played a lot of this game, but the one thing that stood out to me is how fluid the game is. The combat just feels nice. You know, when you, you're going in and you put in the inputs and the first kind of sword slash that I had, it wasn't even against any of the sort of bad guys because you know what it's like. You get a new game, you press all the buttons straight away just to see what would happen. And, and my God, the visuals that were coming out of that, it just looked so polished this seems to be an extra bit of shine on this game and that's why i referred to earlier because this game looks absolutely beautiful and especially on my new tv oh, it's going to look great when it finally comes out on the 15th of january and i'm very lucky because i've got some psn credit ready stored up over christmas and my birthday ready to buy this day one very nice spence are you interested in checking out the demo or are you quite happy to leave it um i'll tell you what i didn't realize the demo was happening until you guys just mentioned it now um, so that's quite hype. There is a demo. I I love Prince of Persia. I'm a big fan. 
I'm probably not going to check it out just yet. Um, I mean, the rating for it is massively high. I saw Lurian, our big fan, tweet earlier today saying it's already game of the year for him, which is wild because it's January 11th. But, I mean, maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. I'm just, I've got other games to play. It's just another freaking game, man. There's too many games and I just want to play Street Fighter. It's a difficult old time, but I would, I would love to check it out if I can, but it's if the time allows. Exactly, mate. The master rank waits for no one, does it? This is the thing. Now, for myself, I've been playing a game and we spoke about it kind of briefly, really, by the own rules that I imposed on HMs on the, on the last episode. But I've been playing Alan Wake 2. So I'm now eight hours into the experience. I adore it. I think it's absolutely incredible. I've got the ability to switch between Saga and Alan now. I'm progressing on Saga's story. And I'm just about to finish the chapter that I'm on. I've got to collect a couple of things to put onto a float. I'm not spoiling anything. And then the chapter's over, I, I presume. I imagine I'm going to have a boss fight and that's about it, right? And I am loving it. I'm finding it so challenging. I'm playing on normal. And... The way this game works, just like on the first game, for those that haven't played Alan Wake before, I'll break it down very simply for you. The way it works in a nutshell is that the enemies that you find are covered by a shield, essentially, of darkness. And you have to burn that off them with either torches, flares, whatever you've got at your disposal, before you can actually start doing damage to them. You've got an inbuilt dodge by the press of L1, so you can avoid enemy attacks. And you've got assortment of weaponry to be able to deal with them now these items are scarce i've run out of batteries twice now and had to resort to using flares and other things that i never wanted to use i'm running very low on pistol ammo my shotgun is in huge supply because i'm refusing to fire the damn thing and i'm walking through there now at this point on a knife edge and every single thing i can possibly do outside of following that main path that i'm supposed to do i am doing it because every single activity like the best games of, of this day and age right what's happened to game development over say the past five years especially or if we take it back a little bit further maybe a stretch seven years is that they've realized that when it comes to collectibles or it comes to side activities, they all need to build into gameplay. All the best games do it. Alan Wake is no exception. Alan Wake 2. Because anything you do alongside it will only benefit you. So you can go off, you can find a nursery rhyme that's in the environment. And you basically act out the nursery rhyme with these little statues and it will make whatever's in that nursery rhyme come true. And then a result of you fulfilling that you then earn a charm, which then will augment your ability. So it might mean that you have extra health or that you take reduced damage or your shotgun does more damage, whatever it is. So there's a benefit for doing that. You go off the beaten path, you find a collectible, which then gives you a nice bit of lore, but also gives you the ability to upgrade your weapons. Literally everything you can do in this game benefits you for partaking in that activity. And it's done so well and so naturally that you feel like any path you can take has a real real meaning and real purpose to it which not many games can do effectively and it does it so effortlessly it's absolutely incredible this game is blowing me away and i'm only eight hours in and from what i've i've heard i've seen nothing 
So I cannot wait to see where this builds to because already it's pushing up there with some of the best in the genre I've ever experienced. It's scary. It's intense. It's just ingenious in the way that it it runs its systems and it makes you engage in its story. I can't wait to speak more on this in the near future when I finally finish it. But that that is the game that's taking the majority of my focus, and that's on my mind all the time. Street Fighter is there to accompany that. But Phil, I know that you haven't played Alan Wake yet. I would strongly suggest that you get on this. Probably more than I would Dead Space, to be honest. Because I think this is a game that we will end the generation talking about the significance this game has played into the games that follow down, down the line. Especially when we compare what, say, Silent Hill 2 is going to bring to the table or anyone else. You have to experience this as a fan of the genre. Does it way better than pretty much anything I can think of off the top of my head does? Absolutely incredible. Spence, I know you haven't played any more, but have you got any thoughts now that we got the opportunity to talk about Alan Wake before we hand it off to Phil? Uh, all I can say, really, you're on the chapter I've just finished. So you are nearing the end of the chapter, you're right. Uh, and it's, ooh, the stuff that follows is beautiful. But it's, I said, I said when I was only like three or four hours in, it's the best, probably one of the best rival horrors I've ever played already. And it only gets better the more you play it. I adore it as well. And in my heart, I want to say, Phil should be playing Dead Space, but Alan Wake 2 is, it's, it's so far it's perfect. I literally can't say a single bad thing about it. It's such a phenomenal game and it, it is genuinely scary. It's so sick. Phil, mate, are you, are you looking to play these games? Oh, 100%. But I've just got a quick question uh, for you both about Alan Wake. Now, I know a lot of people, Alan Wake is kind of like an unknown IP. Because Alan Wake 1 wasn't that successful outside, I suppose, the survival horror, if you can call it that, community, really. It didn't get the high praise which this game is clearly getting. And I think a lot of us in the community would have only just started to hear about Alan Wake because of the amount of awards that it was sort of nominated for and the praise that it's getting uh, throughout, you know, our podcast and across Twitter. Now... Do I need, and I think a lot of people will want this answered, do I need to play Alan Wake 1? I would say yes, because the story does continue. It is, it is a genuine sequel. But from what I know in Alan Wake 2 so far, probably actually not. I mean, the story's carrying on, and you can only really tell that if having played Alan Wake Remastered. It doesn't arc back to it that much, other than... Alan, I suppose, saying, oh, this happened before. But that's kind of it, really. I, I wouldn't really say you need to. I th I'd say you should, but it's not necessary, I think. Davey, I'm not sure if you agree with me. No, I don't. Um, I think, yeah, you have to. It, it continues exactly the same way. And it's, it, it, as Spence said, it's a direct sequel. But for me, I'd go a step further. I'd say to play this game and to really appreciate it to its fullest extent you need to have played the rest of the remedy verse so you need to have played control you need to have played alan wake because it it links in so much it, it's like saying starting at infinity war for avengers it's like starting there like why would you do that like you watch everything leading up to it this it's got 
so many moments that the janitor that is in this is one of the main characters from control it, there's so many crossovers and it's mentioned all the time like those nursery rhyme experiments they're done by the fpc the, the federal bureau of control they're done by them like it, it's so heavily referenced i think the more that you dive into it you can appreciate not only how good alan wake 2 is compared to what came before because i'll say i'll tell you now alan wake 1 sucks ass it's not very good it's it is a it's a cult icon like it was for us on playstation it doesn't have the same meaning to us as it does for an xbox fan because it was an xbox exclusive back in 2010 right so we never had the opportunity to even play it on our platform of choice until we got the remaster it just wasn't on our platforms so it doesn't mean as much to us as an ip but it's certainly been held in high cultural regard. I think when I'm doing my research for my review now, it got in, it was Time's best game of 2010, and I think it was Time Time Magazine's best game of the whole 2010s. Like people adore this game; they absolutely love Alan Wake One. For me, I don't see it right. I I don't see. I don't think it's very enjoyable. But it's only about 12 hours, and I think it's it's fine. It's like a seven out of ten. We've played worse games. But I think you kind of need to have at least played that before going to Alan Wake, Alan Wake 2. Otherwise, you just be like, what? Like, what's going on? Like, I think it would be really confusing if you didn't have the background to what's happened so far in this place. I, I was afraid you were going to say that, but I kind of knew your answer already. That's a big undertaking. I think a lot of people will see the hype for Alan Wake 2 and want to dive in. But you're saying they're going to miss out on a lot of sort of background without playing the Alan Wake 1. We're, what are we talking? 20 hours for each of these games, maybe? Alan Wake 1's about 10. Oh, right. Shorter then. Yeah, my in-game time says about 10 hours. And I think that was with me fucking around a lot. Like, I was walking around, I was trying to jump over stuff to see if the jump button actually works in that game, which, spoilers, it just really doesn't. It's pointless. Um, I messed around a lot, and I, and I did it in 10 hours. I think you could probably do it if you were just moving at a bit of pace. Probably do it about 7, I reckon. Don't know how you feel about that, Spence. Uh, if you utilize the... There's, like, a little bit of a UAV kind of have you have a mini map which just tells you where you're supposed to go i literally didn't even acknowledge it until maybe episode eight or something i just didn't realize it was there so i just wandered everywhere but if you actually utilize it and you just mainline the game i think you get it done in like five hours i think you do it well quick like really fast but then alan week two is apparently 20 to 25 hours i'm not sure about control davy you've beaten that game it's not that long uh, for the Platinum, I think for the Platinum, it took me about 20 hours, and that's obviously doing loads of other bits and bobs. Uh, it, it certainly didn't seem like a long game when I played it. I, I wouldn't have put it like, I wouldn't put it like uh, the game that can't be mentioned for remake length or anything like that. I think it's probably about a solid eight hours. Okay, I see what you guys are saying. So 30, about 30 seconds for the complete um remedy versus you've coined it um i think probably i would just do alan wake to play alan wake too i don't think i'd probably go as far as, as doing control but uh it's nice to know that uh I, i've got to play the alan wake one to fully appreciate alan wake too and speaking of appreciation listeners if you're enjoying the show so far up to this point you start with about 40 odd minutes consider putting a like on it consider subscribing to the youtube if you're watching on there and of course remember share it around to people but that's enough of senseless promotion. Let's bring it on to the quick news. 
Quick news. Quick news. That's right, viewers. That's right, listeners. You have made it to this part of the show, and this part of the show is called Quick News. Normally, we challenge each other to impressions, but we're done with that. That's in the past. For the next 10 episodes, we're going to do away with all impressions and just hit you with the quick news. We think that's value enough. And this time round, woo! We've got some quickly quick quick news that's going to rock your socks. So going round, Davey, I'm going to pick you first for your first bit of quick news. Okay, coming in hot with the Alan Wake news. Following on from my rant just now, or my lovely praise, I should say, for Alan Wake. Alan Wake is entering the fog, and he's joining Dead by Motherfucking Daylight. That's right. The flashlight-wielding hero is joined in a meta, which at the moment, flashlights aren't that powerful. But we shall see what happens here. Now, Alan is coming to the game on the 30th of January. And with him, he is a brand new survivor, which means that we get a host of new perks as well, which are going to be very exciting. As you can imagine, his perks are based more around light and around the flashlight itself. So he gets a new one called Champion of Light, which grants you additional movement speed while shining a flashlight. If you successfully blind a killer, they also gain hinder status. Expect that's going to be meta-changing. That's literally meta-changing, that one. You get a new boon, Illumination, uh, allowing all nearby survivors to see the auras of generators and chests across the map. Uh, you also cleanse and boon, um, cleanse and bless totems faster. And finally, Deadline. So Deadline activates when you're injured, up in the frequency of skill checks while healing survivors or repairing generators. Should you happen to miss one, the penalty will be halved. So I'm thinking off the top of my head, Spence, and I mean, I'm going to throw this over to you in a second. To me, that first one, the flashlight one, going to be essential. People are going to be rocking that all the time. Flashlight's going to be coming back real, real strong. And I'm thinking Deadline, you pair that with Rebecca Chambers' perks, where you get the ones that give you um when you solve them they you gain more and more like generator speed seems like a perfect choice for me being able to combine those two i think this is probably one of the strongest survivor inclusions we've had in quite a long time i don't know what you think about it i mean each survivor that comes in is always there's something going on like nick cage had his thing where he could play dead and people would use it to heal themselves you could heal yourself with it people would use it to avoid hits uh it was mental really and now with alan Coming into the game, big Alan. Bloody, I was hoping one of his perks would be a dodge. I was really hoping, but that's okay. Because as you said, that last one, Deadline, uh, I think you said it was called, with the um, enhancing your generator speed, I have a build with generator repairs in mind, and I was missing one perk. And now this is it. This is the answer. This is the solution. Rebecca Chambers' perk basically gives you a token every time you hit the skill check, the great skill check. Um, which build up, I think, up to a total of six. Uh, but then if you miss, it resets. If you miss a great, you have to grate all of them. And this would just help with that. This would just keep them going. You could build up tokens faster if you drop it, all that. I think that'd be really cool. All these perks seem actually really good. Usually there's a duff perk in there. But all three of these seem to kind of have their use. Like that boon one is mad. Visibility for everyone, for everything is crazy did it say anything about the hatch no nothing on the hatch it'd be busted if it was the hatch as well but chests and uh, chests and jennies especially for new players if you're just coming in and you you think oh alan's the reason why i'll go check it out an info one like that is really useful when you're just starting the game you know later on you don't really need them too much you kind of know where they're going to spawn roughly 
But uh, to start with, it's a great little starter perk at the very least. Yeah, it's really cool. I think I think he's going to be a great addition to the game. I was hoping we might get a killer as well. I don't know if it'd be like a Taken or Mr. Scratch, but just having him as a survivor is a really cool addition. And I love to see that DBD are doing this more and more often. Any thoughts on this one at all, Phil? They're really coming thick and fast with these IPs, aren't they, into Dead by Daylight? You know, Alan Wake, Nicolas Cage. Well, we spoke about aliens being introduced to this game. Christ, the, the rogues gallery in this game is absolutely incredible. I, I don't really play it that often. Uh, I, I dive in now and again with the guys, but um, every time I go in, there's so much content to sort of consume and to get your head around, especially all the nuances with all the characters, which you guys obviously talk about a little bit when we uh, when we get these announcements. But wow, I, I'm, bl I'm blown away that they can keep this level of quality coming through, you know, month after month quarter after quarter year after year this game just gets bigger and bigger and better and better i need to dive in more often i really do but my question to you guys is where are they going to take this next what ip is next for dead by daylight that's a tricky one i'd like to see the issue is i would like to see another game that can't be mentioned dlc like around village i'd like to see maybe lady demetresque or one of the daughters where they could have like a teleport with the bugs or something or they could fill you with bugs they could hook you and drag you like they do in the game. That could be how they take the hooks. It'd be really cool. Um, but other than that, I'm really not sure what else they could do. I'm always thinking just movies. And I think, you know, we got Alien. We There, there was a killer that was an original killer that was introduced, right? That I think in its kind of design is supposed to harken back to this. But in reality, it never became it. Um, and it's Predator. I don't see why we don't have Predator in this game yet. We got Alien in there. It's the same Fox own the rights to to Predator as well. Uh, well, Fox now owned by Disney, so Disney own the rights to that. I don't see why there'd be any issue with Predator at all. And then you've got a ranged attack in terms of his plasma cutter, or it could probably be a net. If I'm thinking about Dead by Daylight, a way to slow somebody down at distance that you can then kind of crack out of it. And you've got your melee swipe, and he can go invisible. So he's kind of like the Wraith. But then he's got loads of other tools at his disposal as well. I reckon it would be sick. So that that would be my dream to be able to bring into this. And be able to fight against Predator would be sick. To be able to just, you're all quiet. And then you just hear that noise he makes. And then you're like, or he could even do a thing where he could then like rip lines from other survivors. So it, say you've got like a Jill Valentine on your team. He could then press a button to be able to mimic them. So you could think, oh, Jill's around here. And then you go check it out to see what she's working on. And then boom, shakalaka, so Predator's there. I, I think there's so many cool ways that you can include a killer like that. And that would be my dream killer that I just don't understand why, has, why he hasn't been included yet. But who knows? Maybe licensing a bit too much at the moment. I'll tell you what, you actually just reminded me of exactly what I want. Because you said Plasma Car. Dead Space. Isaac Clarke is literally an engineer. He could have some sick generator perks. And he would, they're just having the suit. It, Dead by Daylight would be so sick. And there's so many suits, especially if we include Dead Space 3, which we shouldn't. But there's so many suits that they could include in the game as cosmetics. It'd be great. And his perks would be nuts. And having like, I'm not sure if it'd be a Necromorph. It'd have to be a Necromorph. But I'm not sure which one. Probably the one with the big two things that you can cut off. But I'd like to see somehow that little fella that shoots stuff included somewhere as well because that'd be well annoying if that was set up near a jenny 
and you have to go stomp it or something. You have to stomp it like in Dead Space. Oh, I'd be sick. I, I want to see Dead Space. That's what I want. Yeah, that'd be really good. What about yourself, Phil? Any Anything you really want to see? Any horror or any franchise, I suppose? You could probably make an argument for literally anything at this point. I mean, has Dead by Daylight ever gone down the route of actually having real-life serial killers within the game? Or have they all been fictional? You know, could you have Jack the Ripper in there? Could you have someone who is known in real life being in the game? You've got Nicolas Cage crossing that, that threshold, haven't you? From real life into the game. Couldn't we see Jack the Ripper? I think Jack the Ripper would be fine. I think, you know, when you're talking about someone that's, like, alive, like the Yorkshire Ripper or something like that, I don't know. I think... Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, Dahmer. <laughs> you're opening up a huge can of worms here, aren't you? Like Harold massive. Shipman, maybe? Couldn't we have Harold Shipman? Fred and Rosemary West. No, no. It's a, it's no, a no, no one in for that one? God, no. God, no. I, I think we'll... I think... Uh, yeah, best to stick to fictional, I think, mate. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll leave that one to the side. So... Speaking of moving it to the side, Spence, can I chuck it over to you for your piece of quick news? Sure, mate. So, quickly, quick, quick, quick news. First thing I'm going to talk about today, the highly anticipated game Vertigo 2 is coming to PSVR 2 and has been given a release date of January 15th. So, from the date of recording, only four days, which I think it will be out by the time you get this, listeners. It'll have been out for a few days, so hopefully you're playing it. Let us know if you are, but the game looks great. I'm not sure, Davey, you and I both have a PSVR too. Have you seen this game? Are you looking forward to it? I am. Yeah, I really am. It looks great. Since this announcement came out on Twitter, I've done a bit of digging into it, and it's no wonder it's so well regarded on, on PC VR. It looks insanely good, dude. It looks so much fun. And, you know, we're all hankering about, you know, any kind of big deal game that comes to PSVR 2. You know, it definitely catches our eye. This is certainly one that I'm going to be paying attention to. Unfortunately for me, it kind of falls in the same way that like Bulletstorm VR does, which comes out later this month, in that it's just not a good time for me. You know, like I, I, I'm playing Alan Wake. I don't have time to be able to, and then Prince of Persia. I don't have time to be able to sit down and, and dive into a PSVR 2 game right now. I, I've got too much on the backlog. We just need a few dead months. And at the moment, 2024 is feeling very much like 2023 in that it just ain't going to happen. Virgo 2 then, guys. Yeah, this one came up on my timeline because I think there is a portal Easter egg within the demo. I think there's a, a portion of the game where you can actually get the, the full-on portal gun going within this game. So there's a slight bit of interest for me on this one, but I don't have the PSVR 2 uh, headset. So unfortunately, I won't be playing this one, even if they are having Half-Life and portal references in this game. But it, it looks interesting enough. Would you strike this as uh, being a triple A PSVR title davy i'd say so yeah it, it, in the regard of of how well received it is yes i don't think so in terms of production quality um but in terms of how much it's beloved i'd certainly say it's an important game rather than be a triple a game if that makes any sense yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that because we kind of have to lower the barrier a little bit when it comes to VR games, don't we? Because we're talking about AAA and we were talking about it uh, last episode. And if you haven't seen that episode, please make sure you go back and uh, listen to it or watch it. It's an absolute banger. But we were talking about PSVR games 
triple a games and what meets that criteria and i think as i'm saying you've got to lower that expectation slightly so games like this you probably would say yes they are the sort of triple a of psvr and vr in general because you don't get to that same level as you do within console if that makes sense yeah exactly the budget is going to be so much shorter uh so much lower sorry shorter so much lower than they would be for their console counterpart. You know, the the market is nowhere near as big. And this is like what Spencer was saying on the last episode in terms of smartest thing you could do is probably develop for the main console's PC and then skew a VR mode off that, right? Even if you had to upsell that for a fiver or a tenner extra or whatever, be more than happy with that. You know, Christ, I'd quite happily pay extra for the VR mode on GT or on the game that can't be mentioned for or any of these things. So I think that's probably the smarter way, and that would then encourage the kind of graphical fidelity and the and the lick of paint and the polish that you get from having a higher budget and a bigger team associated with it. Um, so I think, yeah, you, when you're talking VR only, you have to scale it down because you can't invest the level of money needed to be able to bring it up to that same level of, of visual fidelity and everything else that you expect. Well, they're not going to invest the money because the return just isn't there for VR games and the market isn't big enough, as you're saying. You know, if they're going to be putting in the same budgets as, you know, what they spend on God of War, what they spend on Horizon, what they spend on Spider-Man, The Last of Us, and then they do that in VR, purely a VR game, they're making a loss frame one. So yeah, you just need to lower your expectations, but definitely one to keep your eye on January 15th when it comes out. Nice. Well said, boys. Well said. All right. So moving on, I'm going to come around to you, Phil. Give us your bit of quick news. Quick news. Okay, listeners, I've got a two-for-one deal, and this is all around the news for the DualSense controller. Uh, first bit of news is a bit of a, a bit of a funny one. We've seen the new Sony uh, car. Uh, with Honda, and you can actually drive it with a DualSense controller. And they're saying this is just a tech demo, they're like a tech show. You know, like with the Tesla car, there's all those funny things where you can like make it fart and you can make it do all these like crazy things. You know, Sony is showing off with their Honda car now that you can drive it with a DualSense controller. Now, wouldn't that be cool? What can't the DualSense controller do? I tell you what, I find it funny, right, that when you're on PlayStation, and you want to play a racing game, you buy a wheel. And you buy a wheel set up. And then people are like, oh yeah, I can't wait to drive my car with a fucking dual sense. Are you asking to crash? I'm so much better at driving in a virtual car with a wheel. I would be, you know, I can't exactly grind the barriers in real life with my car. You know, GT doesn't really have realistic damage to your car, but I'm pretty sure I'd write it off frame one if I was trying to take a corner, even at a reasonable speed on a dual sense. Like, the haptics ain't going to be as good as holding on to the steering wheel. You know, no matter how good they are, I'm not going to be able to really feel... Oh, I mean, tell you what, it would have to be the best goddamn haptics included anywhere to be able to feel the same as you do driving a car. Am I aquaplaning right now? Or let me just let me just feel feel the, the right trigger a little bit. You know, no way. What if it sprays you in the face with a bit of water? There we go. You know you're aqua aquaplaning then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've just hit an oil slick. You just get blasted with oil in front of your face. <laughs> you're like fucking playing Mario Kart. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those things that it's got to be a tech showcase. If anybody needed this, right? I, I was trying to think in my head, would there be a real reason why somebody would need to use this? Is there like a disability or something? There, there isn't. There, there is no 
Why you looking? You're looking like as if you got something here, Spence. Lay it on me. No legs, huh? You've got those on steering wheels already, mate. You got those yeah, on steering wheels. They got like triggers on the back, so you can hold it, drive a car like a normal person, and accelerate and decelerate. Right? Normal person. <laughs> oh, we well, need to but... stop saying this. First, we've <laughs> alienated the vegans, and now we're alienating the people with no legs. Oh, so if yeah. you are a vegan with no legs, we do apologize. We don't really mean normal. I, and then there's you. Everyone's normal. I mean, hopefully you're deaf too and didn't hear what he said, to be fair. Deaf and listen to a podcast. There are viewers. Hey. <laughs> hey, they got subtitles now, mate. Stop being so ableist. Oh. <laughs> Slippery slope there. I'm going to get cancelled. <laughs> we're all going to get cancelled, mate. The vegans are coming for us anyway. I don't think we've got any hope in the hell. But no, I didn't mean that. But you know what? You know what I meant. It was a. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> There's no defending it. It's a, just fucked. <laughs> let's move this on and let's try and save you a little bit. But I remember back in my day, having a PlayStation handset in your car meant that you had a PlayStation in your car. So back in my youth, my misspent youth, I used to go on cruises, right? So we used to jump in people's car. We used to drive to a car park and used to sit around and then used to look at other people's cars. And some of those cars, as I said, would have PlayStations in them or PlayStation handsets. And you sit in there and there's only one reason why they have a PlayStation handset in there is because they have a little PS2 setup in there. They have a little PS1 setup in there. And by God, that was sick, man. That was a big flex back in those days. So have a PlayStation in your car so you could pull your car up and you could play a bit of Crash Bandicoot or Ape Escape just on the side while you're waiting for the McDonald's or something like that. Incredible. That would be an absolute flex, wouldn't it? Well, it's like on Pimp My Ride, isn't it? Exhibit would have just like a normal car and they'd be like, oh, you're a family man, aren't you? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boot space really important. Well, we've just put a 42-inch TV in the back of your car with a PlayStation. And it's like, and it's like, why? Whenever I'd watch it, I'd be like, why would I want to park up, run it, run the car so that I can play PlayStation in the back? Like, standing out in the fucking rain with the boot cover up so that you can play PlayStation back of your car. Like, that is a proper novelty, that is. Let alone getting squirted with oil in your face. That's a mega novelty. Totally pointless, too. It's the cars that they install things like fireplaces in that always got me. It wasn't the PlayStation. I could understand the PlayStation, right? I could play a bit of PlayStation, as I said, while I'm waiting for my, my McDonald's because I always have to wait at McDonald's because I order a filio fish and they've never got them ready. So I have to go round to bay number two and I have to wait about 10 minutes for them to cook that fucking filio fish. Again, McDonald's, I've got you as well. That's Greg's, McDonald's. I'm after you both. So there, I'm waiting for my McDonald's, waiting for my filio fish. I could play a bit of PlayStation during that downtime, wouldn't it? But it's the people that had the fireplace in the back of their car. What was Westwood and Exhibit thinking back in those days? Anyway, quickly, let's move this on. As I said, I got a two-for-one deal for you boys, and we're talking more about the DualSense. So, Best Buy Canada has listed the PlayStation 5's version 2 DualSense. We were talking about what could possibly come for the future of PSVR 2. Now we're going to be talking about what is coming with version 2 of the DualSense. This controller is listed at $89.99 and apparently it includes a charging station, an exceptional 12-hour battery life. 
Now, is this something that interests you guys? Is extending the battery of your DualSense something that's going to make you lay down sort of $90? Mm, I tell you what, the charging stand is nice, but uh, we're in a world, right, where I'm, I'm just, I like buying Sony stuff. So I already have two handsets and the DualSense Edge. And if one of them runs out of battery, I just pop it on charge and use the other pad. Having a better battery life, which I think the normal controller lasts, they say it's got bad battery life. It doesn't. It pops up saying it's low on battery, then goes for another four hours. It's ridiculous. I think it's completely fine. This is not necessary at all. And dual sensors go for like 50 quid now. 40 if you get it on offer. $90. You're basically buying a charging stand and just a, another handset. I mean, at that price point, you may as well just buy two version one DualSense handsets and just swap them over. I know you, I, I know you flex there saying you've got an edge. Some of us can't afford an edge. Some of us just had to buy two base handsets and the charger. So I've always got a, a charged handset. So that's how the normal people live. Normal Spence, normal guy over here. I've got two legs, I eat meat, and I've got two handsets. Normal. Davey, what, what are your expectations with the version two of the DualSense? <laughs> I love this podcast just becoming more and more ableist. We're just doubling down on it now. We're already getting cancelled, so it's like, well, do you know what? Fuck it then. Fuck them. If we're, if we're going out, we're going down swinging, lads. <laughs> with, with both legs. <laughs> with both legs. Both arms as well. Fuck me. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I think if you were buying a PlayStation for the first time, like you weren't in the ecosystem yet, buy a V2, 100%. Like, why wouldn't you? The battery life does fluctuate quite a lot depending on what you're playing. If you're playing something with really good haptics, four hours max you're getting out of that. No way near more than that. No way. And I've had handsets die on me, but it's a very minor inconvenience because I've got another one there already charged. So it's not a problem. But if you're just coming into the ecosystem, why wouldn't you go for the one that's got triple the battery life? It makes perfect sense to me. I think for us, there's no real incentive for us to be able to go for that. But for people that are brand new in, why the hell not? You get a nice little charging stand as well. Sort you out. And then you could just, your next controller, you just go for the vanity one. You know, and just get like the next themed one, whatever the hell that's going to be. I personally don't think you're going to really have the option in the future of a V1 or a V2. V1, yes, maybe in the aftermarket on eBay and CEX and all those places, but I think the V2 will just become the DualSense and it will just have a bigger battery. Now, PlayStation 5 has been out a number of years. What episode are we on now? 83 and we started at the beginning of PS5. Uh, so we've been doing this for a number of years. PS5 has been out quite a while now, so it's about the right time where people are going to be looking to buy new handsets. So this makes complete sense for me. I mean, the price point is a bit like... Oh, it's quite expensive, but everything from Sony is a little bit, a little bit expensive, isn't it? Yeah, literally everything's a little bit much. But the thing is, we talk about this controller with the exceptional 12 hours. Is it? Is it 12 hours? Or if they turned the PlayStation on and not played a game and kept the controller on for 12 hours? Is it actually 12 hours when using the controller, the handset? This isn't enough information to know if it's actually worth this much of an increase in price other than it comes with a charging uh stand as well we i think this is the kind of thing where it, people actually need to test this you'll be watching those reviews you know they always come out when a new handheld comes out maybe we do one ourselves if one of you boys want to fork out the cash because i'm not doing it i got enough pads but 
Yeah, I'd I'd like to see if this is actually 12 hours because I guarantee it isn't. Fair enough. We'll just have to wait and see. And that brings us to the end of my buy one, get one free on my quickly quick, quick news. So, Davey, we'll move it back around to yourself. Lovely, guys. Quick news. CES has been happening at the time of our recording. I think it's just about finished now. Um, and CES has been pretty wild. I mean, there's been loads of cool little inventions that have come up there, but of course, I'm going to keep this PlayStation related. Sony have shown a handful of different things here. Some of it isn't really news, but I'm kind of going to label it all in kind of together for the things that I think are quite interesting. The first one, people reporting on this, and it just cracked me up. Absolutely cracked me up. They were saying, oh, God of War is being scripted at the moment. And it's like, brilliant great yeah i i thought they were really just gonna go in and just guys have at it make the story up as we go we'll add everything in in post you know obviously it's being scripted so it just means it's at the very early stages for the start of the amazon prime tv show uh, i don't know why anyone even fucking reported on that what a waste of time here i am actually relaying this news to you though so let's bring it on to something a little bit more interesting Gravity Rush. Now, we learned that there was going to be a Gravity Rush movie a while ago, actually. Quite a long time ago. I think we mentioned it on this podcast. God, I wouldn't even wouldn't even begin to talk about when it was. I think it was like 2022, something like that. Um, there was actually a little bit of footage shown for the Gravity Rush movie. For me, I always find this a bit weird that Gravity Rush is getting its own movie. It's awesome, right? I love Gravity Rush. Big, big fan of Gravity Rush 1. I've earned the Platinum on my PlayStation Vita. Absolutely adored it. Haven't played Gravity Rush 2 yet. Uh, that's on the backlog and it's always niggling at me to get to. But that was a nice little thing. I wasn't expecting to see anything from Gravity Rush. I honestly thought this was one of those projects that had just gone the way of the Dodo. And that we weren't going to get anything more on it. You know, kind of a relevant IP now to modern day PlayStation. But hey, it gives me a little bit of hope that maybe we might see it come back. And speaking of coming back, also in CES, Patapon was shown. So it looks like we're getting a brand new Patapon game. It came up with like um, a subtitle under it saying like anime, TV, movies, all this stuff. But it looked like a, it looked like a brand new Patapon game to me. I fucking love Patapon. I'd be well happy if we get a brand new iteration of Patapon coming out. I'd be so, so happy. Guys, what do you think about this news coming out of CES? Anything here tickle your fancy? I'm the same as you really, Davey, when it comes to Gravity Rush. I kind of feel like this IP is popular within... I suppose, the, the the small community that have played this game and do enjoy it. But why is it becoming a movie? Is it big enough to draw those crowds in? You know, you've just got to think about the video game movies that have come out. You're talking your Uncharted's, right? They're a big IP. Loads of people have played it. It's going to bring in the masses. Did it do well? It did all right, okay? Tom Holland, was he, was he good? Yeah. Was he Nathan Drake? I don't know. It was just all right. I think, Spence, you quite enjoyed that movie. But Gravity Rush, is Cat going to bring people in? Now, the girls in Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2, they're gals. They're babes. Maybe that'll bring people in. But outside that, I don't think that IP's really got that gravitas to bring those people in. How do you feel about that, Spence? I mean, I do agree with you. I adore Gravity Rush. I beat it on the Vita and I've bought it on um, the remaster for the first game and I've bought the second one. Haven't gotten to them yet, uh, but I do adore the IP. The movie, it's uh, it's nice, but I'm not that fussed. I'd rather see Gravity Rush 3 than have a movie come out for it. I'd much rather see a sequel, but I mean, yes, yeah, fine, I suppose. Is it, do we know, it's not live action, is it? Yeah, it's live action, mate. 
It's live action. Yeah. <laughs> I'd then I'd much rather it be an animated film. I don't know. I really I yeah, it's fallen short for me. I do not care about that. But hey, God of War's getting scripted. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Wild, right? Any of you guys care about Pat Upon? Did you ever check that out back on the uh uh back on the good old days of the PSP? Were any of you guys into Pat Upon? Unfortunately, that was one that I missed, but I remember you talking quite a lot about it. But it really suited being kind of like a mobile game, didn't it? So do we have any information on this? Is this something that's going to become an app or is it going to be like a PlayStation 5 game here? Not sure yet at the moment. It literally just comes up. I'll pull the post up right now so I make sure I get this bang on. But um, and I took this from IGN. So do with that what you will, listeners. Um so it says, Pat Upon, IP development gaming slash anime. Gaming slash anime. Okay, interesting. So there might be more to meet the eye with this one then. Yeah, potentially they could be trying to spin off Pat Upon to a next big thing. I mean, it's cute. The art style is fantastic. So I could see it really resonating with children. I could definitely see that. I've never put Cass on Pat Upon. I don't know how good his rhythm is. I've seen him dance and his dancing follows, unfortunately, the same as me. So he doesn't certainly doesn't have the moves. But um but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, hell, Papon's exciting. You know, anything that came out from like that PS3, PSP generation that seems to have just been left in the dust, I'm always excited to see it come back. You know, I Christ. The main thing I bang on about every fucking episode of this podcast is resistance, right? PS3 IP. I want to see more of them return. I want to see Infamous come back. I want to see Papons. I want to see all these things come back to fruition. So with that and Gravity Rush, hey. Maybe maybe there's something here, guys. Maybe that we can look forward to uh, some kind of revival for these IPs that we miss. But we'll have to wait and see. Now, speaking <coughs> of... Vita 2. Oh, Vita 2. Oh, God. Don't get us down that avenue just yet. Oh, Christ. Oh. Speaking of things that I want to see revived, The Last of Us 2. We've had some news here that I think is going to revive some internet drama. Of course, anything to do with The Last of Us 2 sets the internet ablaze. People hate it. People love it. We're definitely in the love it camp. Well, Abby has been cast. Caitlin Denver has been cast as Abby for season two of The Last of Us. Guys, I want to know your thoughts about this. And I want to first off just say that I think that Caitlin might be the bravest person in the world. Because I don't know if I'd ever want the amount of shit that is going to be laden at her doorstep by fans. I don't know if I could if I could do that. You know, you know that you're stepping into a wildfire here. Guys, what are your thoughts on the casting? Do you think she suits the role? And your overall thoughts on this piece of news? I think it's wild. Have you seen this girl? She looks nothing like Abby. Now, I remember her for a really poor movie, which I don't even think exists because I don't acknowledge any of the Transformer live-action movies, but she was in The Last Night, one of the worst Transformer films out there. And she played a, a character called Isabella, and she's gorgeous in Transformers, and this actress, she's gorgeous in real life. But putting her next to Abby... There's, there's, there's a little disconnect there, isn't there? Like, Abby's quite muscular and not exactly overly pretty. Then you've got Isabella, who is a stunning, slim-built girl. Now, 
I don't know what they're thinking of this. Maybe she can bulk up or maybe there's going to be some CG involved in it because they're going to need some to give, give her some shoulders. But it doesn't suit the character for me. Now, I know on Twitter they always come out with actresses and actors that could possibly play them in the future. And normally you get some kind of really hench kind of girl with the shoulders that looks exactly like Abby. And they've just gone... A little bit left field with this one i'm not sure i'm i'm happy with this casting i mean for me i've kind of i didn't really know who she was so i've looked looked her up quite a bit i think she kind of looks like abby not great she looks like abby if abby wasn't in you know a post-apocalyptic world if abby actually had a happy life then she kind of looks like abby and was massively successful as well let's be honest but yeah, you're both right, Phil. You're completely right. She's going to need to bulk up unless they shoot every single scene from the neck up, which isn't viable, or loads of CG. But hopefully she actually puts in the work and gets built like Abby, which is, I would love to look like Abby. Bloody hell, Abby is massive. She's huge. So I'm excited to see if there is a transformation because obviously there's probably quite a lot of time until Last of Us 2 actually starts filming the season two anyway so she's got plenty of time give her the chance but what you were saying Davey yeah she's stepping into a dangerous role I would love to see the paycheck that's what I need to see because it must be enormous either that or she just doesn't know she might have just auditioned and they gave it to her and she has never heard about Last of Us how many actresses and actors really go back and go to the source material I can't imagine there's that many that get picked up on IP and just go, right, I'm going to read every single thing about it. Now, does she know who Trypticon is? Do you think she know who Predaking is? Does she know who Optimus Prime is? Let's give it an easy one. Probably, probably now she does because she's been in the movie. She knows Optimus Prime, but I can't imagine she knows the other ones, the deep cuts that you're going to throw in there. So I can't imagine she knows what we know. I disagree, you know. I think that when it comes to gaming, I think there's not that much of a time a time investment to be able to learn about your character and to see how it's done. Now, it could be the same way that they did with um Pedro Pascal. They said don't play it. Come out and come up with your own interpretation, right? They could well do that because it worked so well on the first season, right? In which case fair enough, you know, don't. I'd imagine as an actor you know, putting 12 hours aside isn't a huge ask for what is now like an Emmy award-winning series. It's not It's not a big ask to be able to learn about the character, right? And I, I think that until we see a set photo, or you know when they do like the promotional stills and you see them all in their character get up, I think until then we can't judge because this girl could get fucking stacked. And I think with this kind of role, you have to, You ha that is the character. You know, I remember the first time we started playing Last of Us 2 and you're controlling Abby and you're running. And I was like, fuck, she's, look at, she's fucking built. And it's before she takes her coat off. And I was like, fuck, am I seeing shit here? She looks like she's ripped up. And then she takes her thing off and she's in a tank top. And I was like, fuck, I wish. I <laughs> wish I could look like this. Right? That's how you know when someone's ripped, though. You can see it beneath the coat. Yes. yes. Jesus. You can see it beneath the top. It's we were talking even, about this earlier when we were talking about the gym. When people give you that compliment and you're just wearing a hoodie, oh, 
feels great. And she's getting compliments out the wazoo because that girl built in uh, Last of Us 2. She's enormous. And it's like, whenever you uh, kill a zombie as Ellie, it's always the knife. Abby, she just clots them out. She just runs up. Duff! She is huge. She looks like she's trained in boxing, mate. The way she's lamping out those zombies and shit. It's awesome. If this if this actress can pull that off, and I want to see her lamping out clickers, that'd be so huge. Maybe not clickers. Maybe just the infected. Clickers are a bit risky. But normal infected, lamp them out. It'd be sick. Ooh. I'd love to see it. I want to see, like you said, those set pictures, Davey. I think that's what we need to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah, and, and rightly so, if it's a case that she isn't jacked up, it's going to be quite hard to be able to play that character because that kind of masculinity almost is core to that character, right? That kind of presence that she has is core to it. So it would be interesting then if she doesn't do that, how she'll be able to portray the character with any justice. But wait and see. Watch this space. we got the casting now finally. Won't be too long, maybe six months, something like that before we start seeing some more footage for this, and then we can really dive into it. And that brings my bit of quick news to a close. So, Spence, back round to you to finish off your section. Quick news. Lads, listeners, differently abled people, as always, I am bringing to you the PlayStation Extra games of January. So the games are, this time, we don't have the platform they're on, so I'm going to go get that. So the games are as follows. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, next level edition. All right, well, if you're not a fan of the show, if this is the first one you're listening to, you're going to be confused. But it's the game that can't be mentioned too for the PS4 and PS5. I can't say more. Hard Space Shipbreaker, PS5. Lego City Undercover, PS4. Just Cause 3, PS4. Session Skate Sim, PS4, PS5. Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, PS4. Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, PS4, PS5, Surviving the Aftermath, PS4. But that's not all. We also have games coming to the classics if you are a PlayStation Premium subscriber, and those are as follows. Rallycross, PS4, PS5. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, PS4, PS5. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, PS4. Legend of Mana, PS4. Secret of Mana, PS4. So that is the full list verbatim. Lads, what do you think? Any standouts? And is it a good month or a duff? What are your thoughts? Um, I think for me, looking at it, the game Kami mentioned too coming out, for anyone that hasn't played that, get on it. Absolutely fantastic game. I mean, Christ, you know how much we love that series. But this is your opportunity to play it for essentially free. So get on there and give it a go. There are a few standouts here, though. I mean, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, that was a game, Spence, that you were originally quite excited for. I remember when they were showing that at different trailers, uh, different events, sorry, that you seem to be really quite keen. And that's a co-op game that we can dive into, so we can all play that together. So that'd be quite a bit of fun. But for me, really, there's nothing overly that exciting. I think for me personally, I think generally across PlayStation, there's a lot here. But me, the big standout is a game that I've already played. So, and then, and then looking at the PlayStation Plus Premium Classics, Secret of Mana, Legend of Mana, classic games. Absolutely classic games. You know, talking like 1993, stuff like that for the originals. Do I have time to dive into them? No. So the only thing I'm definitely going to be checking out on this list is Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. It's a game that I was going to buy. 
a long time ago when it was originally first shown, and I never did. So this gives me a chance that when you're around Spence or when you and Phil are over and we're looking for something to do, fuck it, let's just boot up some fucking classic Street Fighter and have a go at Super Turbo or anything else. Let's do it. That'd be fun as hell. So that's the one for me that I'm actually quite excited by premium for once, which never normally happens. But I don't know how you feel about it, Phil. Well, there's nothing really there that's going to get me subscribing to the more premium service or the extra service because I, I'm on Essential. And it's a little bit disappointing seeing this list because Essential was so strong this month to come through with this list. And specifically for me, because I'm exactly the same as you, Davey, in the sense that the game that kind of be mentioned too would be the highlight. But I've played that game to death and I've played it quite a lot. I've actually lent it uh, to my next door neighbor reminds me i really need to get that back um because i would like to get the platinum on that one day seen as it is one of my favorite games of all time not specifically the the ps4 version of it but the original ps1 version of it but i would like to get that platinum nonetheless um but yeah there's nothing really within that long long list that's going to get me subscribing to these services but um also you are quite right about that street fighter 30th anniversary collection i've actually got that in the flash up, up on my shelf that is a, a very nice version of uh, street Fighter, very entertaining so uh, i look forward to the night when we're over and i can whoop your ass on that one so i'm looking at this list and there are some big games like you said davy tiny tina's was a game i was interested in it's basically borderlands co-op and dungeons and dragons really cool concept i've not actually seen gameplay or anything so i'm not entirely sure how it functions but it's been on the game trials for a long time and i've always wanted to try it out but it needs to be a night where all three of us are together as it was only a game trial whereas now we have the entire game so it's definitely something we could maybe try out as a group will we ah who knows but yeah other than that get in the comment mention too phenomenal game my favorite out of the series brilliant brilliant game if you if you're a fan of this show and you haven't played it for one that's outrageous but two just play it it's brilliant and like david said it's essentially free the rest of this list is what it is i'd be down to try out uh, try out session skate sim see if that's any good because we haven't had any good skating games since what skate 3 unless you include the remasters of tony hawk so that might be nice that could be good but other than that bit of a duff for me except the premium classics street fighter 30th anniversary like you boys have said that bitch got a third strike in it third strike mm. before street fighter 6 that was my favorite street fighter and it's still number two god i'd love to have a night play on that with you boys oh baby but that is literally it other than those games and i can't get that anyway because i'm no longer a premium subscriber but other than those games, it's kind of a duff month. So for us, I think it is a bit of a duff. But it's the way the cookie crumbles. But I think that's enough said about these games. Listeners, hope you enjoy them. Hope it's a good month for you. If not, let us know. Phil, coming back to you for your final bit of quick news. Okay, Spence, thanks for the introduction. And just to round out quickly, quick, 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 quick news, I'm going to give you an update on the UK market yearly chart for 2023. So guys, a couple of stats for you here. PS5, number one, 2023 in the UK, selling 55.2% year on year. So the PS5 is absolutely booming at the moment. There's 38 plus million games sold, 38 million games sold in 2023. And Marvel Spider-Man 2, it comes in at number six. 
Now, guys, I don't think you're going to guess this. I've got the list of the best-selling games in the UK, top 20, digital and physical, so that's them combined. Number one, what are you guys saying? I'm sure you guys actually can see the list, so I I won't test you on that one. You've probably already read the doc. Number one for our listeners, EA Sports. Number two, Hogwarts Legacy. Number three, Call of Duty. Now, these games... They're popular. They're very popular games. And we're going to go down now. FIFA 23, Grand Theft Auto 5, still at number five. Wow, that game is selling gangbusters. And then, as I said, Spider-Man 2 coming in at number six. Now, guys, you can see the full list, and that's why I didn't ask you to predict what number one was. But is there anything in that list that comes as a bit of a surprise to you? First off, I just want to say well done, Hogwarts Legacy. There was loads of people online that were shitting on this game. And I remember saying, and I think we all were in, gre- in, in agreement with this, that that game was going to sell gangbusters just due to the IP alone, let alone it actually turned out to be a good game. And everyone was hating it, saying about all this transphobic bollocks that wasn't even remotely related to the game. I remember us taking the stance of just play the game. If you like Harry Potter, just enjoy it, right? Like, what's the big fucking idea? Turns out, exactly what we thought. Twitter is such a little hyperbolic hyperchamber that you think that it's all encompassing and everyone's going to boycott it and in reality no it's the number two most most bought game in the uk over last year i will say though uk sort your fucking act out what the fuck is going on with this list fifa getting two of the top five slots for different years of fifa modern warfare 3 the game that is absolutely abhorrently gash getting three Now, I know that we're exactly the same thing that the people who are against Hogwarts Legacy, right? We're that kind of way with this, where we're shouting out to the hardest of hardcore, but really, there's the people that just finish their shift, they're on the oil rig in the north of Scotland, they come off and they think, oh, I can't wait to be able to play Dunfermline FC or some other bollocks club that they play over in Scotland. God knows what the Scottish League even looks like. And that's all they want to do. And fair enough to you, right? But god damn, the COD shouldn't be in this top three. Like, it's not good enough. To, it doesn't deserve to be there. You know, Star Wars Jedi coming in at seven is great. Zelda coming in at nine? Bro. Ugh, COD. COD's such a powerhouse, bro. It pisses me off when it's shit. It pisses me off. This is what gaming is, though, for many people, Davey. You know, there's lots of games on there that will continue to make top 20s, continue to make top 10s, because they are those overly popular IPs. I'm talking about your FIFAs, your Grand Theft Autos. You know, they're always going to be in there. Your EA Sports games. This is what gaming is for some people and for probably the vast majority of people. And I find it quite sad that they're missing out on some of these really, really special titles that we talk about and we hype up because they would have never even touched The Last of Us. They would have never touched Spider-Man. Maybe they would have touched a little bit of Spider-Man, but not the parts that matter. I agree with you. I I think it's just, it's crazy really that, that people just want to do that. And I suppose if it makes you happy, who am I to judge, right? You enjoy your games however you play them, whatever game that is. I'm not there as the dictator to say, no, you should only play quality experiences. But it does just make me sad when you see that some of these games that have had a lot of love and care put into them are so low on the list when 
cod which was literally shat out just makes it to number three because it's cod you know like and who the fuck's buying gta 5 to get it into the top 20 (laughs) don't you already all own it like what the fuck is wrong with you uk you're the people that are out there eating these vegan sausage rolls and making this shit go on Sort it out. <laughs> sort it out. What the fuck, man? Surely you all own it by now. The one I can't understand, and I probably can understand because Nintendo are like this. They keep just selling the same games over and over again. But Mario Kart 8's in there. It's a freaking Wii U game. It came out in 2014. How is it? I know this is the deluxe version. It's not the original version. So you've got an extra couple of tracks and probably a couple of extra races. But it's in number 13. How many kids? Hasn't every child in the world got Mario Kart 8 now? You'd think so. The thing is, it's crazy as well. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe just includes all the DLC. But then they released DLC for the deluxe version. So now you don't even own all DLC. You got to buy more. Nintendo know what they're doing, bro. They're, they're thinkers, they are. Geniuses, mate. I'm, mate, I'm looking at this list. For one, FIFA's so high up Davey because all the people with no legs that can't play football in real life, they get to play at home. Thank you. So less of that. Ableism. Thank you. What I, I'm baffled by, for one, Hogwarts Legacy is on this list twice. It's number two and 12 somehow. So I don't know how well it must have done, but it's somehow made it double. Fold. Call of Duty being where it is is ridiculous. Jedi being where it is is awesome. I did not expect to see it so high. Red Dead 2 being where it is, I imagine that's almost entirely Switch sales, which is wild. Because I did not think that game would sell that much on the Switch, which is just crazy. More than Tears of the Kingdom, apparently, which is also wild. And then, yeah, this list is just mad. It's so many sports games. All sports games, which really just goes to show that the majority of the player base are just casual gamers that don't play those big experiences. We're going to have to change the podcast if we want to get more subscribers because we're sitting on about 200 at the moment, boys, and we need to pull our fingers out. So maybe next week or the week after, we're not going weekly, guys. I can't take this pace. We do it every two weeks. Maybe the next time we record a podcast, we're going to have to talk about Fortnite. We're going to talk about FIFA. We're going to talk about Grand Theft Auto. And we're just going to bend over and let the world fuck us. Mate, I'd rather quit fucking gaming. I don't watch football in real life. I'm not going to play virtual football. Especially now it's more realistic. Back in the day when I could play Pro Evolution Soccer, I could create my own character, 100 on all stats, and I'd just be able to sprint up the entire pitch and score an absolute hammer of a goal. Now, you've got to actually pass the ball. I'm not about that life. I'm more about sprinting from all the way from goal. Straight through. Taking everyone on. Too realistic for me, mate. You're the kind of cat that probably just, you know, as, as the keeper, just trying to dribble past everybody. Awful play. That just wouldn't happen in real life. So unrealistic. Now, I watch football in real life, but I don't play football virtually. What is the point? What a waste. All sports games. What a bore. There's another one for your list. Greg's, McDonald's, and all sports games. You made the list. Does WWE count as a sports game? No, sports entertainment, mate. And that did make that did make the list because that came in at number 18. So shout out Vince McMahon for still making the buck. So anyway, that brings us on to the end of Quickity Quick Quick News. And we're all winners, guys. So congratulations. Now we're going to hop on over because I've got a couple of rumors for you both. 
Kick it. Wake up with a rumor and you don't want to go. You ask if it's confirmed and they still say no. Right, viewers, listeners, let's kick things off because I've got a rumour for you. And that rumour is that an acclaimed, I say acclaimed, first-party Xbox game will go multi-platform this year. And I'm not just talking about going from Xbox to PC because that's not multi-platinum, is it? In its truest sense, we're talking PlayStation and possibly Nintendo. Now, guys, I'm going to throw it out, a bit open-ended. What IP do you think we're going to get now from Xbox possibly appearing on PlayStation? And we're talking about an acclaimed first-party Xbox game. Well, there's a couple of rumours that are doing the, the rounds at the moment. So th they're talking about these two different projects which have gone through this, uh, 2022A and 2022B, I believe. And the two of them th that they're rumouring out are Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves. Those are the two that they're saying they potentially might be. And it's all to do with the rating. So when these games got rated, they got rated onto multi-platforms. And so that's kind of where this has been pulled out from the ether. That's kind of where it's come from. And then people are saying, oh, I've heard little things on the grapevine. I've heard this, I've heard that. And I think it's this, and I think it's that. I don't know. I... I... I think it's probably is Hi-Fi Rush, to be honest. I think it makes sense. Uh, it's a game which did really, really well uh, at the Game Awards. You know, it got a couple of awards. As Lewis was talking about it last uh, last week on the podcast, getting into his top five. It's a game we're all excited by and uh, would be interested in checking out. I think it would bode well with PlayStation. And as we know from the rumors and the news that's come out in the past, that... Um, when it comes to Bethesda games and ZeniMax uh, before they were purchased, they wanted originally to have a lot of their games go multi-platform. You know, as, as we know, Starfield was originally supposed to come to PlayStation and never did. But I've got some, I got some thoughts that would probably end up derailing it. So probably best to pass it over and get Spencer's thoughts before I start digging into something a little bit deeper here. I think, uh, well, if it is going to be anything, it kind of has to be Hi-Fi Rush because an acclaimed first-party IP. They don't have any others. It has to be Hi-Fi Rush. There's literally no other choice. It's the only game they've released. Full stop. That is it. It's the only game. And they pitted it against God of War. It's, we need to actually get it, see if it's good. It makes sense for them to bring it over. All the points you made, Davey, yeah, bang on, everything's right. But also, it's just probably their best way to actually make money at the minute is if this comes over with Xbox because they don't have any income really at the moment other than, you know, Game Pass, which isn't working apparently. So this might just be something they need to do, which makes sense. And I'd be grateful to be able to play it if it is Hi-Fi Rush, which, come on, it has to be. What about yourself, Phil? What are you thinking? Now, I don't want to take this opportunity to dunk on Xbox. I mean, we did enough of that, and me sort of specifically, when Lewis was on the show, shout out Potato Chief, it was a quality episode. And you're right, he put Hi-Fi Rush in very high regard. It was acclaimed by Potato Chief, and that's got the X marks the box seal of approval that it is an acclaimed 
game. Now I've looked at Hi-Fi Rush and in my opinion, just looking at a couple of screenshots, it looks like a highly polished PS2 game really, doesn't it? PS2, PS3. But I could definitely see it doing very, very well if it did come over to the PS5 slash PS4 because it'll probably end up as a bit of a digital download more than anything, maybe go straight to PS Plus. But this game, I think, would drive a lot of interest. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there that that have heard people talk <laughs> this game up as, as said how amazing this game is because obviously when you're a big fish in a very small pond, everyone can see you. But we're over on the PlayStation Nation. This is a this is a slightly bigger pond with lots and lots of big fish. So you're going to be swimming around, trying to get some air, and maybe you'll get a little breather on PS Plus, as I'm saying. But no, I'd welcome Hi-Fi Rush if it did come over to PlayStation. You're such a fucking wind-up, mate. Honest to God. That's immense. Lewis is going to be fuming when he listens to this. Absolutely fuming. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, just to, to delve a little bit deeper into this. So th- the reason why I I don't know how I'm feeling about this rumor is uh, there was another tweet that went out um, that I, I can't remember, unfortunately, who, who posted this. But they got on here that according to the Australian classification, the Hi-Fi Rush rating for PS4, Xbox One, Switch was listed on December 15th, 2022, uh, which was obviously before the game came out. So that's why it's like something that it's not like a guarantee for me personally, if I could have any Xbox franchise over on over on our platform, Halo. That's what I want. I want Halo Infinite to come over. Halo Infinite apparently now slaps tits. Lewis is always raving about how much they've improved it and how good it is right now. I'd love to play it. I mean, I tried it on PC, and obviously, you know, I just do not get on with PCs in general. So it was very short-lived. But that wasn't the game's fault. That was just my lack of ability to be able to get a dual sense working on it, even though apparently it's a piece of piss to do. Beyond my technical uh, specs here. But the big thing, right, and the reason why I wanted to get your guys' thoughts before I kind of derail this a little bit, do you think this is good news? Xbox bringing something multi-platform? Um, I, I think it is good news. I think it's essential news for them. It's kind of what we suggested they do long time ago but this bad blood especially now after all the activision nonsense with sony and xbox where phil what you said as a joke could actually just be sony might be like oh yeah cheers for the game fuck you it's it's day one on ps plus and it would be fucking hilarious it'd be the biggest spit in the face i've ever seen and be like just release it for the switch don't bring it to playstation but, I mean, yeah, I think it's something they had to do. And I, I think it's something we will see more in the future, depending on how this lands. But it really does depend. I think, it, I think it'll do well. But I can't imagine it'll be the same for every title they bring over. Or all the other... Well, Halo Infinite. If Halo Infinite comes over. Because I, I have no interest in that game. What about yourself, Phil? I think this could be the future of the demise of Xbox putting out hardware. I really do. I think they could be testing the waters to see how Xbox could function as a service, start putting out some of their games multi-platform. And this game will get a lot of eyes because a lot of people talk about this game. So if it is available on PlayStation, if it is available on on the Nintendo Switch, then people will buy it and will play it. So it's a way to get some get some analytics, I think, and and judge the interest to see if there is a possibility of Xbox maybe being a service that is multi-platform. 
I'm coming at this from a different angle from you. I think this is bad news. Bad news all round. I think that this shouldn't happen. Because if you do this, like you said, Phil, Xbox is done. It's done. And I don't want that to happen. Same reason why I'm happy for like God of War to come to PC. It shouldn't go to Xbox. It ju- it just shouldn't. Like it's the thing that separates that console and has its own identity. And if Xbox have a great 2024, you're then looking that there's actually quite a good catalog of games that they've got on that system as a reason to buy it. If I know that it's coming to PlayStation a year later, is there any reason for me to rush out and get an Xbox? No, there isn't. And at that point, what's the point in even being in the console race anyway? Like you say, it's the demise of it, right? It's the start of it turning into more of a Sega approach. And I don't want that to happen. I think that Sony already pushed the waters enough and they make enough bad decisions for consumers. And the only people that are keeping them in check is the threat of Microsoft looming there. If they were just left off to go full force and they're the it's them and Nintendo and Nintendo are forging their own path on the Switch 2, which apparently is as powerful as a PS4, Sony are just going to be like, oh, thanks. Fuck it, we'll do whatever the fuck we want. PlayStation Essential now is stupid amount of money and oh you want cloud saves now it's part of extra you know they'll start doing more and more shady shit because they got no one to check them into balance now my my brain's kind of like kind of fucked on this because there's two ways of thinking about it right like we're really happy for games to go over to pc a year later in the playstation space and what's there to say that Xbox aren't doing the same thing. This came out last year, at the start of last year. Say we get it in, I don't know, a couple of months' time. It's been a full year of exclusivity, which they never said is is ever going anywhere else. And so for them, there's no real loss, right? They've got their sales of the game, because obviously it came with Game Pass. And this is just another revenue stream. So for them, there's not really that much of a loss. But I just feel that it sends the wrong signs. If Xbox were doing well, then this is just another revenue stream and no one thinks more about it. But because they're being outsold three to one at the moment and they're having a tough time in every single analytic you look at, they're not getting the Game Pass growth they need to have to be able to keep their service going. The games aren't hitting to the level that they want them to hit outside of something that's a freak of nature like Hi-Fi Rush. It just doesn't send a good vibe out to anybody to have any incentive to be able to buy into that ecosystem right now and it it just gets me really worried about it yeah just going off what you're saying there davy hi-fi rush is still a current game for xbox and it's still a reason why people would buy an xbox so if it becomes multi-platform then why am i buying an xbox at the moment I'm I'm not actually looking to buy an Xbox, but if I really wanted to play Hi-Fi Rush and that's the only way to do it, then I would I would buy that Xbox. But now becoming multi-platform, it's, they're going to lose out on the sales of the hardware. I, I I really don't get it. I would understand it more if they had a game that was a little bit older that maybe people weren't so hype about, but it, it, it had a bit of a cult following and maybe people wanted to play it from the past, as opposed to one of their one of their shining stars within the Xbox um, 
universe. You know, like Starfield, Hi-Fi Rush, those are the bigger games that people talk about. And they're basically taking that and, and putting it over there. It's exactly like your analogy of us giving them God of War. Us and them, sorry, us and others. But PlayStation and Xbox, it, it's like us picking one of one of our bigger IPs and putting it over on Xbox. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I get what you're saying exactly. I, f- I feel exactly the same way. Like, if they put on, say, the Gear, Gears of War trilogy and put that onto PlayStation 5, perfect sense. It's old as hell. It's got, you know, people would fucking love it. I would love to be able to experience those games on PlayStation and some trophies. And then you get into the new Gears of War that's coming out for Xbox. You think, fuck, I've got to buy an Xbox for that. Shit, I can't wait 10 years to play that. I, I've got to play that now. I think that makes sense. You know, putting like, say, Halo 1, 2, and 3 on PlayStation, you're going to make so much bank from that. And it just drums up interest in getting the newer ones. But when you're talking something that's a year, two years old, I think it's just such a mistake. I agree with both of you. I entirely agree with you. But it all does rely on if they are releasing new good games to keep the hardware you know, kind of interesting and keep people wanting to go to the hardware. They're not releasing new good games. And when they, whenever they do announce one, it's years away. It's, they've kind of, I think this is them throwing in the towel, as sad as it is, because I do think PlayStation needs that person to keep them in check, like you said, Davey. But this is kind of just a final hurrah. They're not making the money. They're probably losing money on the hardware. They have to be somehow. And they're losing money on Game Pass. They need to get the money. As sad as it is, if this all is true, I think it's just the way it's going. I think they just start becoming a service. As sad as that reality actually is. Well, let, let's round things out, guys. I'm going to go round the circle and we're going to say, is the rumor true? Do you see it happening? Or is it just complete false? Complete farce? Is it just a joke? that I've made up on the spot. Davey, coming to you first. You, you've had some strong views on tonight. Are you saying no, or are you saying this rumour is going to happen? Can I go on the fence with this? It Definitely of, not. Oh, One no. or the other. If you're on the fence, you're taking a shot. Oh, God. Okay, right. I don't want it to happen, and I've got a fear that it actually might be. So I'm going to actually go down the basis that this is true. I don't want it to be in any way shape or form but i think it is i think where the smoke is fire in this one okay we've got a yes from davy spence coming over to yourself i'll tell you what from reading the article or from reading all the information we have laid out i wouldn't believe it to be true but i do think it's just xbox's and microsoft's logical next step so for that reason i think this is true as well I have to confirm it as well. And it's only because of the wealth of information that we have in the dock about this uh, rumour. Normally we have a rumour and it's some unknown on Twitter basically just chucking some out, something out into the ether to see if it sticks. This one, there's three in the document and I'm already seeing something else on Twitter right now. So it's got to be true, isn't it? As Davey said, there's no smoke without fire. I'm confirming this, but I'm not confirming the games on this one. I'm saying we're definitely seeing the first party Xbox game and it's becoming multi-platform and we're seeing it over on PlayStation sometime soon. But wait, there's more. We actually have another rumor for you guys, you lads, you listeners, you able people and disabled people. You're all welcome here. So for our next rumor, Jeff Grubb has apparently 
said there is going to be a state of play within the next few weeks, but we're not sure of the exact date. Now, we always, always get rumors of state of plays. And whether they're true, whether they're not, they're usually not. And then a state of play, it gets announced like three days after when that was supposed to happen. It's a mess when this happens. But I don't think we should really talk about when this state of play might happen. Maybe we can hint towards it, but more, lads, what would you like to see in this state of play? How would you like to have your 2024 revealed to you? What would you like to see? Phil, what are you looking forward to? Well, Spence, I'm looking to forward to quite a lot at the moment, I have to be honest. And coming off the back of Jeff Keighley's last show, I was relatively underwhelmed by what they showed us. Of course, we got God of War Valhalla and we all popped off at that. And there was a few kind of minor things within it. But overall, I didn't feel like that show was a 10. Now, a state of play could come in now, clutch, at the beginning of the year and give us the things that we really, really want. And this sort of ties into what we were saying on the last episode where we were talking about Silent Hill 2. We were talking about Stellar Blade. We weren't talking about Foam Stars, but I've, you know, we need some news on these upcoming IPs. Hell, I want to know about Death Stranding 2. That's the one I really want to know about. And unfortunately, last time on the podcast, I did announce that we read some news that it might be pushed to 2025. So I want some good news about Death Stranding 2. I want something to hit me in the face. I want an update on where they're going with that. So hopefully we can see something in a state of play. So that's where I'm going on this one, Spence. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, I was going to say, what a shocker. Davey, mate, what do you reckon? Resistance or what? (laughs) No. This is a state of play, so they're always smaller. I want to see some of the smaller games that I really am keen on. I want to see some more of Pacific Drive. Their, their Twitter is going mental. They're posting out stuff all the time. They post out about a new collector's edition. They're posting out gameplay footage all the time. I want to see an actual proper nice trailer showcase from PlayStation themselves. I want to see more of Pacific Drive. I want to see Little Devil Inside. I want to see some of these smaller games. And I want to see what Concord's all about. We've only had that, like, intro video that shows, like, them flying through in a spaceship with, like, this 80 synth kind of vibe. What is it? Show me. I want to see that, Fair Games. I want to see some of the multiplayer suite of games that are supposed to be coming out this year, apparently. Show me some of that stuff. That's what I want to see in a state of play. I'm thinking for the bigger things, more of a showcase. But uh, I suppose we'll be getting on to if we believe this is happening at some point in the future. What about yourself, Spence? What are you excited about? Uh, For me, I'd like a bit of mystery. So I'm not too fussed on what I get shown throughout the year. As I've said before, I'm not a big fan of seeing trailers once I've been invested into a game. Just a nice little announcement, maybe a little gameplay, and I'm hooked. Don't need to see more. But there is something we haven't seen too much or really at all that I really want to see more of, and that was The Last Ronin. We haven't heard of anything about it since August, I think, and I'd just like to see an update, maybe a cinematic anything, because we haven't seen anything yet. But yeah, that's pretty much all I really want to see at the moment. I'm happy. There's too much. We've already got too much. February, January, there's too many games. I'm good for the minute. I don't need to see what the future has in store, except for that one game, because I think that game's going to be something special. Can I just say before we end this, guys, that this rumor comes from Jeff Grubb, right? The amount of times we've reported rumors from Jeff Grubb and they've been completely fucking wrong. 
I think this is just another one of those put it on the pile that ain't happening things. I really do. And do you know what I'm going to do from now on? I'm going to put in, you know, our shots and uh, our shots and uh, speculation vote bet thing doc that we have going on where we're keeping track that's of what we call it yep. yeah that's yeah. what we call it exactly that's the that. official title yeah. <laughs> official official title for the doc I bloody long what... when you got to type in that url <laughs> i can't remember what it's called that doc that always scares the living crap out of me when i look at the shot count i'm going to start putting in there the amount of times that jeff grubb has put a rumor out and if it's true or not i'm going to start tracking it from now on because he comes up like every three episodes of a brand new rumor he just pulled out of his fucking ass. And I swear he's got like a zero for a hundred fucking count. I swear to God. But I'm thinking then, is that just in my mind or is that reality? So I'm going to start keeping track of this. I don't believe this at all. We've had too many times where we've had these fucking rumors come up. And they're never right. And then all of a sudden it just springs out. And if you keep making the prediction that it's going to happen, one of those will be right. I think this is another one of Jeff's fucking, I swear I've heard something, and oh, they must have changed the date on the back end because that's not what my source told me. No one told you fuck, Jeff. You know as much as we do, and we're not going to lie here and say, oh, we've heard there's something happening. Just fucking shut your mouth until you know. And if you don't know, just shut your mouth. Because then we end up reporting on it. So... Keep it. You're under fuck. You're on my list now, Jeff Grubb. I'm keeping track. I'm keeping track. I don't believe it, guys. What do you reckon? I mean, how can you not believe this? Jeff has cast quite a large net with his prediction here. He said a state of play is happening in a few weeks. How long's a few weeks? Is that two weeks? Is that three weeks? Is that six weeks? Could it be eight weeks or 12? Who knows? Jeff is just throwing it out there because he's not exactly sure on the date here. And that's the key message within this tweet. He's just saying something that's inevitably going to happen and he's trying to talk about it to drum up a bit of interest. It's got us talking. It's had the listeners sat there for a good 10 minutes while we've thrown out some ideas. But yes, I can believe it because we're definitely getting a state of play at some point. I'll tell you what, Phil, I'm on the same lines as you. I think Jeff has pulled this out of his ass. He 100% has. But there hasn't been a state of play since September. So it's been four months since the last one. So I think it is ripe. I think it makes the next few weeks, maybe. And I think he's hit the nail on the head. Well, I think, yeah, he's cast a wide net. I think what you said fits it perfectly. We're going to get one. Whether or not Jeff actually has a source and it's actually a rumor. I'm not sure, but I do believe it because it it just makes sense. He's pulled it out of his ass, but really it's, yeah, it's probably happening. But that is us done with the rumors. Lads, ladies, listeners, let's move it in to the topic. Stop. Topic time. So we have arrived at the topic and today's topic is an absolute juicer. I feel like I'm always saying that. But it's never been more true than it is right now. This has been put forward directly from an audience member. The hot dog himself, Lurian, has written in once again to the show. And he has given us a bit of a challenge. Now, before we even get into this, let's play the goddamn jingle. The 
There once was a show some time ago The last four questions every fortnight or so It became so rare they weren't prepared to have a personal rhyme Oh God, I'm scrambling now to get a word that rhymes So how can I wrap this up? I'll take this mail and go So Lurian says I challenge you all to have three unique predictions each for 2024. Here's mine. PS3 cloud streaming will be turned off or discontinued. Crunchyroll will come as a benefit to PS Plus Premium. And Eric Lampel will be the new PlayStation CEO. So thank you, Lurian. Thank you for writing in. We shall give our predictions. But first off, let's discuss yours. So those are your three predictions for 2024. Guys. What are your thoughts on them? Take them in any order. Take them in all three, however you want to do it. Lay it on me. Spence, going to come to you first. Sure. Okay. So the one that kind of stands out to me, I guess the one that would benefit me the most, is Crunchyroll coming to PS Premium. That would 100% get me back into the Premium, depending on if it's actually like viable. I think it would be. It'd be cheaper than having your Crunchyroll membership separate, which I already pay for. So it would definitely get me onto that premium service. And it's also something we've discussed in the past when they first acquired Crunchyroll. I think I said we would see it as part of the service. And surprisingly, they have yet to do it. So hopefully, Lurian, you're right. And this is the year we actually see it happening. I'm really hopeful it is. But I'm not sure how you feel about that, Davey, as you are an avid Crunchyroll watcher yourself. I love Crunchyroll. I think that makes logical sense. And I think this is a prediction that I think will come true. It's something that when they did purchase Crunchyroll Sony, we immediately thought, okay, well, how are they going to roll that out to us? Is there going to be some kind of money off, some kind of discount? Haven't really seen an awful lot from that yet. I, well, we saw like a free trial and that's about it. I think this would make perfect sense. We were talking about how the fact that the streaming service that they launched hasn't really hit. I haven't really heard too many people talk about it. I can't even remember what it's called. Was it Sony Pictures Core, Spence? Was that what it was called? That's exactly what it's called, mate. Yeah. And that hasn't exactly made waves, has it, in the streaming world. So if they can do this and add it in, fuck me. It, depending on how much it costs, premium certainly looks a little bit juicier, especially after a month like this, which is actually a good month. But yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a decent one. Phil, would, would that interest you at all? It, it wouldn't interest me, really. But I can see this as an open goal for Sony, seen as they are owners since, I think, 2017. I think they acquired Crunchyroll along with Aniplex. And they just need to get something extra to get people subscribing because I don't think it's just you boys, you know, pushing down your subscription, moving from that premium tier down a level. I'm, I'm seeing that across the board. I'm seeing so many people not getting the value which they were promised uh, by Sony. So they need to start introducing things to get people to start putting up the big bucks and going for that premium service. Completely agree with everything you guys are saying. But for me, it's not a draw at all. You know, I got, I got the bay for that type of thing. We do love a good pirate up around here. Up around these pirates. We love them. So the other two that we got here, PS3 cloud streaming will be turned off or discontinued. I think that's kind of right, to be honest. And it may go into one of my predictions that I can see for 2024. But I can unfortunately see that becoming a bit of a reality. 
we all know that the cloud streaming isn't the best proposal when it comes to PlayStation 3 stuff. Would you guys miss it if it was gone? Obviously, you've got to be a premium member for it. But does it, do you think anyone actually cares too much about the PS3 catalog that's included within the streaming setup they've got at the moment? For me, you're giving them something with Crunchyroll and you're taking away something here with the PS3 cloud streaming. You know, I, I'm not that higher echelon sub, uh, subscriber, as you well know, but taking away from a premium service never feels good to me. And everything around PS3 that we, we've talked about on previous episodes of the podcast always seem a bit of a downer when it comes to the, the backwards compatibility problems that, that Sony seems to have with putting all the different games out there for us to be able to play on the modern consoles. So for them to cut out and discontinue the PS3 cloud streaming, I would see this as a bit of an L, personally. I see it as an L, but it's it's a small, insignificant L, I think, personally. I mean, I wouldn't give a shit if this disappears. And I mean, I, I all three of us own a PS3. So if we really are desperate... Multiple. Yeah. If we really are desperate to play a PlayStation 3 title, get like £4 in CEX. You'll get them for bargains. We don't need this kind of service anymore. Or we never really did. It's never worked great it's fun to play around with i suppose when you're kind of just having a local night with the boys you maybe you got shitty cumbran internet and you know you can't download something so you think oh let's stream something from the ps3 let's play asura's wrath let's play what was that recent game motorstorm let's play motorstorm oh yes boys because we couldn't play anything on the ps5 because it would have taken three days to download it was good for that other than that it's not really got a use and it's not something i would miss whether or not i think lurian is correct with this i can definitely see it happening but at the same time i'm not too sure why it would suddenly happen but it makes sense it's not something they probably really get much off of so yeah i can see it going as well phil do you think this is true do you think he's bang on the money here lurian I said it would be a negative if it went. I didn't actually give you an answer to that one because I, I could see the kind of the lesser used parts of a premium service, possibly seen as it might cost Sony quite a lot to keep running, would be a nice cost-saving approach here. You know, if we're taking it from a business point of view, if you're losing subscribers, you need to look at what the usage is across all the different things that you include within that service and maybe start cutting some of the slack. So yeah, I, I could probably see this being discontinued if, as you're saying, it isn't something that actually brings in a lot of subscribers to the service. There you go. Well, I'm going to save my fuller thoughts for when I give my prediction on this. And the final one he lays out here, Eric Lampel will be the new PlayStation CEO. Now, for those in the audience who don't know who, uh, who this person is, he is the uh, head of global marketing for Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, now, if you frequent the PlayStation blog, you'll see many a post that have his name attached to them. PlayStation blog itself is attached to him. So he is a name that is known around PlayStation. For this one, Lurian, from my take, I honestly don't have a fucking clue who's going to come in. I honestly don't know. There's so many choices. And the thing about it is that when you're in the ecosystem, 
the people that we see quite often are more of the lower level, if you think of the total grand scale of, of Sony and PlayStation's inner workings. There's so many people that we actually love inside that actually come out and do like, you know, get on stage and things like that. But I can see this being, you know, we've had a British person or a European uh, leading the ship for a while now in Jim Ryan. Obviously, he's handed over to uh, the Japanese side for the interim manager. I can see this being another Japanese person stepping in. I don't know why. I always think of like Kazurai and, and his leadership and his tenure over Sony. And that was a really successful period in time. Uh, and then obviously we had Andrew House who came after that. I can see another another Japanese person stepping into the running for this. But I would not be confident in any way, shape or form to put a name out at this point. I do not know enough about the inner workings of head management over at Sony for who would be able to step in. I know the names we see, but they ain't the playmakers a lot of the time. So I'm not sure. I think Eric Lampel's is as good a, a good a guess as anyone, to be honest, Louis. And so I'm not going to say I agree or I disagree. I'm going to very much do what Phil hates me for. I'm going to be on the fence with this one. Don't know if you guys got any thoughts on this at all. I think Lurian's wrong with this one, 100%. Eric hasn't got a chance because I'm going down the same route as Nintendo. Now, Doug Bowser, that relates to Nintendo. So that was a clear high for, higher for them, wasn't it? Now, I know <laughs> Andrew Astrobot and Simon Sackboy, they're out there <laughs> looking for that CEO position. Now, they've got a bigger chance than Eric, in my opinion. That, that They're a higher. Andrew Astrobot, my God. And then, of course, we've got the outsider, Paul Parappa the Rapper. Bring him in. He's getting my vote. Kerry Kratos. Kerry. Kerry. He's got. He's a good candidate as well, Kerry. Strong. Mm. Quite gets angry though, doesn't he? And in his later years, he's got a bit sadder. Yeah. A bit mellower now. He's got a kid. <laughs> he's got a boy, doesn't he? Yeah. Running around. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Spence? Who are you nominating? Uh, I mean, I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, Eric seems like a great shout, Lurian, especially if he knows what the people want, which is kind of what his role has been. Uh, so it'd be great to see him in that position whether or not it happens honestly i couldn't really care i mean i can't help whoever gets that position and whatever they do to the company they do to the company but god knows man just god knows i'd like to see kerry kratos or what simon sackboy maybe if they could find if they could somehow find joel miller himself I'd like to see him run PlayStation, but it wouldn't be a long term, but I'd like to see him do it. And that'd be quite sick. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they found someone called Victor Goddamn Sullivan oh, that's <laughs> and he sick. wore the Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. He comes out on stage and goes, the future of PlayStation, PlayStation VR 4. And they brought it out on stage. He comes out in the Hawaiian shirt. He's got a big cigar. Brilliant. <laughs> That'd be immense. That's the feature. The PSVR 2 4D has a little cigar holder on it, mate. That's an extra feature for you. That'd be sick. Victor Sullivan. Bad. Well, let's leave that there, shall we? Lurian, we're very much pitching for anyone here. So we'll see where we go. I Overall, Lurian, I really like your suggestions. I think there's, you know, looking at the three of them, we got some things that we can see coming to reality here. I think these are strong predictions. And now, guys, it's up to us to up the ante a little bit, or if we can try and match Lurian's gauntlet here that he's laid down. Three unique 
predictions. I hope you've come prepared with them. Spence, we always start these things off with yourself. Let's hear one of yours and we'll go round in a circle. So I've kind of done this like we usually do our stuff with the um, safe possible crazy because let's be honest, is this going to happen? Who knows? So for my first prediction, I've put Astro's PSVR 2 game happening in 2024. And I think that's a shoe in and it's just something, it's not something I really think will happen, but something I want to happen this year. And I imagine you do too, looking at your hoodie, my friend. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't think that's going to happen. I think that's pretty much a cert. You know, we haven't seen what Team Asobi have been up to. They obviously made the launch game for PlayStation in Astro's Playroom. They're huge, hugely known for their VR games in terms of that's where Astro even came from. I, I think that's a pretty safe prediction, mate. No wonder that's in your safe. Love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm well on board for it. Yeah, really am. I, I can see that happening. Complete no-brainer. Once again, it's been hugely popular. Um, with the tech demo that was released right at the start of PlayStation 5. And it stayed with us, and we've mentioned it pretty much constantly throughout these 83 episodes. We always are back to those times with Astrobot. So it, it, it'd be a welcome addition to the PlayStation family if we got another another game, another update from uh, Astrobot or uh, Andrew Astrobot, right? That's his first name? That is his full government name, yes, mate. Are we doing all of mine or one each? One each. We go around the circle. Sound. But that is my prediction. Hopefully it comes true. Phil, mate, across to you, what is your first prediction for 2024? Okay, I'm going to stick with a safe one here, and I'm going to do a Jeff Grubb. I'm going to cast a wide net over this bad boy. So my first prediction is that PlayStation AI comes out in a future firmware in the first half of the year. Let's narrow it down a little bit, okay? So AI is everywhere these days. It's the biggest buzzword going. Everyone wants to drop it in everywhere. For God's sake, we've got AI fridges now. Like AI is literally everywhere. So why isn't it coming to PlayStation? And why isn't it in my PlayStation right now? It's going to come out in the first half of 2024. That's my prediction. What do you think it would do, this AI? Because we've seen it incorporated into some games, like in Gran Turismo, they got AI now in that which um which learns from you and creates drivers that they think are at your skill level or just beyond you to be able to mirror like um ghosts instead of using real pl- player lap times and stuff to help improve your speeds would you see that be baked into the, the system software then is what you're saying yeah 100 percent. and that's what we're talking about here we're talking about the system software we're going to be talking about the ai learning from you and it's all going to um relate closely to accessibility i think this is going to be one of those selling points for sony to say that we've got this ai assistant that will help you out in your hour of need as we know we're a very pro able podcast you know we, we love we love everyone who has difficulties so you know always hyping them up yeah love it great idea great idea i don't know i don't know about that one I mean, I can see it. We've kind of talked about it in the past. I think we talked about, uh, I'm not sure if it was a handset or something we discussed. Yeah, handset, yeah. It, yeah, it learns from your gameplay and shows you. I think it was it was the handset that lights up with yeah, the button prompts. that's it. it. That's the one. So yeah, it's like an AI built into a handset. I mean, if we've already talked about it, it's definitely a feasible thing. Whether or not I think it's coming this year, we've only just, they've just announced Samsung AI. And Samsung's been knocking about for a long time. I mean, so is PlayStation, but they're doing a lot more, I think. I, I'm not sure if I can see it happening, especially not first half. Very specific. 
I wouldn't mind seeing it. It's something I would turn off immediately. But I think it's something that is going to happen eventually. Whether or not it's 2024, I am not sure. As I said, I'm doing a uh, Jeff Grubb here. I'm trying to cast quite a wide net. And the only reason I went for the first half of the year is that that net wasn't too large, that you guys denied me the possibility of predicting that we're going to get PlayStation AI because it's an inevitability. We're going to get AI in PlayStation and in the system to help you along with your much-needed problems that, that happen along PlayStation. You know, I could be like, PlayStation AI, how do I find the browser? PlayStation says no. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it is inevitability. I'm not sure. I, I suppose the big question for me would be what it does, right? And and if it would add some value. Like you guys have said, I'll probably just turn it off. But really like it. Great little inventive one. For me, I've gone, I haven't followed the safe possible crazy. I've just done three predictions. And I've tried to really spice them up. So I haven't all done them games, haven't all done them services, whatever. I tried to make a nice little mixture. My first one is a games one, though. So I think that 2024 is the year that we will see Ghost of Tsushima 2. And I've got a release date for you, a potential release date window, just because I thought somebody may kick back at me and say, oh, it's too obvious, Davey, which I think it is kind of obvious. I think this game is going to be released 2025 Q1. Reason why I'm going Q Q one, so by the end of March, is because you do not want to be going Q three, where I think this normally would go, because you've got Grand Theft Auto Six coming out there. So I think that's immediately then shifted plans to earlier in the year, and you're either then looking Q two, which ends in June, but nobody really likes to release around then. So Q one's always popular with PlayStation. We got Final Fantasy Seven uh, Rebirth, and we got Hell Divers coming out this Q one. I think it makes sense that Ghost of Tsushima 2 shown this year, we get loads of detail, it's the big game that's shown across this year, comes out Q1 2025. That's, that's my prediction. So with your prediction for 2024, you're predicting something's going to happen in 2025. Shown in 2024 with a release date of 2025. <laughs> yes. yes. I, get, I get what you were saying. I get what you were saying. I was trying to trip you up there. <laughs> but no, I, I could 100% see that see that happening. And I think it's, it's much needed, really. You know, Ghost of Tsushima, one of the uh, very best uh, from PlayStation, uh, on PlayStation. And I, I could definitely see us getting a, a future edition from it. It's just a matter of time, as you've said. And you've got, again, quite a wide net. You've got the whole of 2024 for it to be announced, but then you have closed that net slightly with saying Q1 in 2025. Not sure about that part. Yeah, I was going to literally echo your thoughts, Phil. I mean, it all makes sense. I think we will see it this year. Quarter one is hopeful. I mean, maybe quarter two, maybe quarter four, definitely not quarter three. But I do not think quarter one. I don't think the game would be ready by then. I mean, I'm sure they're working on it already, but quarter one is wild. So, I mean, I hope it comes true. I really hope it comes true and it'd force me to play Ghosts 1. But quarter one's wild, bro. I don't think so, man. I mean, the game, when did Ghost of Tsushima come out? 2018, I think. Someone give me a quick Google on that. Play the theme. I don't have a fucking clue Nothing else to do So that's all ask Google 2020 2020? Ooh, mm. four-year window You think it went into probably early development straight after the game shipped, if not already 
Yeah, I was thinking with it. I reckon by March. By March. If I was if I was really pinned to the spot, I'd go for a late Feb release. Because that seems to be hot shit window. That seems to be when you put out big games. Is either then, or saying that Horizon's always gone in the April, which would then be Q2. No, sticking with Q1. That's my prediction. But let's run it back round. Get our second predictions out of the way. Spence, over to you, my friend. Sure. So for my second one, I actually have a bit more of a narrow timeline. I think it's going to happen shortly after release of the game. Obviously, Helldivers 2 is coming out soon, next month. I think PlayStation finally acquire Arrowhead, as they should have a long, long time ago. I think this is the year they do it. I think it makes complete sense. And Helldivers 2 is going to come out swinging, and they're going to know they need to keep Arrowhead on their side. I think it has to happen. I'd fucking love that. I would love that. That would be a dream announcement for me to know that they're in there. This, oh my god, yes, yes. Please make it so. I, I, I totally agree with you. I, as we're always saying, when, whenever the argument comes up with who should we buy, one of the first studios that ever comes to out of our lips is Arrowhead. Right, always they're on the tip of the conversation always. every single time. I, I can believe it, man. Hundred percent believe it. It makes sense. Helldivers 2. Phil, I'm not sure if you agree with us. I'm not sure if you're a big Helldivers fan, if you think this is worth them acquiring. Well, someone bought me Helldivers 2 for my birthday, so I'm very much looking forward to playing Helldivers 2, but that would be the first one that I've owned. I did play a little bit of Helldivers 1, but not enough to really form too much of an opinion. But when it comes to Arrowhead Game Studios, now they haven't really been working on PlayStation games for that long. Now you've got Helldivers 2 coming out, as I've said, for PS5. You've got the original Helldivers, which was PS3, PS4 and Vita. And then you've got Gauntlet, I think, came out on the PS4. Before that, they were a Microsoft studio. Now, is there really enough pedigree there for Sony to go out and put the money down? I'm not sure on that one. I don't think it's a big enough catalogue with a big enough group of games there for Sony to think, do you know what, we need them. Ultimately, you're just going off your love for Helldivers and you're just like, right, yeah, let's close the market. Sorry, Xbox, you're not having Helldivers. You're not having anything from this studio. I don't like it. I don't like buying all the studios. So I'm going to say no. I'm saying they're not big enough. I'm saying they haven't got the pedigree to become part of the PlayStation nation. Keep making games for PlayStation. Yes. Bring us Helldivers 3. Bring us Gauntlet 2. Bring us some more of this. Brilliant. But I can't see them acquiring them. No, I'm going to go no shot on that one. Oh, Oh, I mean, I I always think about it that when you're looking at purchasing the studio, you're looking at what they add or kind of, kind of retaining that talent, right? Same way that when we were talking about uh, the Ori developers um, a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about the Game Awards and what was shown there, right? And we were saying, how didn't Xbox buy this studio? Like, what the fuck were they thinking? Why didn't they put the money down and do it? When you've got some magic sauce, why share that with anyone? Why share the recipe with the rest if you can keep it to yourself? Same way that they didn't have to buy Housemark, right? Housemark were making games for PlayStation without being owned. And then they see Return and they think, getting bought. You're getting bought. You're getting in the studio. You're staying in here. We're going to give you this funding. You're now part of us. I think it just makes sense to be able to retain that talent. And Arrowhead have shown what the fuck they can do with Helldivers 1. I've seen enough. Helldivers 2 looks fucking insanely good. Get them. 
I don't want them going away. I don't want Xbox to then come around with the money bags. And next thing you know, we're missing out on their next project because we didn't pull the trigger soon enough. It's bit us on the arse too many times. Should have bought FromSoft. Should have bought all these different studios. And we never did. And now everyone else enjoying Elden Ring when Elden Ring could have been a goddamn exclusive. Can you imagine that? Like, what the hell? I agree with you, Spence. It's happening. Happening. 2024, baby. Maybe early 2024 is what I reckon. I think I wouldn't go to say quarter one specifically, quarter one or two. I think first half of the year, this definitely happens. If It's either going to happen shortly after Helldivers 2 or it's not going to happen at all. Uh, that's just the way it goes. But that is enough on that. Phil, round to yourself for your second prediction of 2024. Okie doke. So I'm going to do a game prediction much like Davey. I've dug into my back catalogue of games and thought, what could we be seeing in 2024? Now I was thinking, what loved IPs does Sony own? And we haven't heard from them in a little while. And it always takes me back to one of my favourites on the PS3. We're talking Heavenly Sword. I want it to make its return, or at least be talked about. We can say this caveat, Davey did with Ghost of Tsushima. Now, this game, it came out in 2007. So it's about time, it's about goddamn time that we got Heavenly Sword on PlayStation. Heavenly Sword 2 on PlayStation. As I said, it's a Sony-owned IP, so all we need now is a developer. Now, I've got my list of developers, which I would love, and I would love to hear what you guys would pick as your dream developer for um, Heavenly Sword. Maybe we're throwing it over to uh, Housemark. Maybe we're throwing it over to Arrowhead if they did come into the community. But for me, I would absolutely love Sony Santa Monica to jump onto it. That's the obvious one. The combat is exactly the same as God of War, but I can never see that happening. They're full up with projects. Now, I'm going to throw it over to a little studio called Haven Studio. That's led by Jade Raymond. Uh, she's famous for the Assassin's Creed, of course. Now, I could see that fitting in. Assassin's Creed kind of combat, Heavenly Sword kind of combat, very vertical. It's a possibility. There's some upfront combat there, and they've got the pedigree to work on that new IP. And to my knowledge, I don't know what the hell they're working on currently. And there's another studio which I think needs a break. A little bit like Housemark, where they were kind of like just doing mini games and kind of support via sprites. Let's give them an IP to run with. They're a support studio. They helped out Gorilla with Call of the Mountain. Call of the Mountain, brilliant game. So I've heard, I'd love to play it. I can see them coming through, announcing Heavenly Sword, Fire Sprite, or maybe Haven. Please sell me Santa Monica. What about you guys? Can you see this happening? And if so, who are you picking to develop it? I mean, I can't see it happening. But if I was going to pick any developer to develop any game ever, it's always the same developer. Because they don't fucking miss. Blue Point, where you at? Get to work. Oh. You got shit to do. We haven't heard from them in ages. Work. Make another game. That's all I want. It doesn't matter. I'm not even sure what Heavenly Sword is, right? But if Bluepoint make it, I'm playing it. That's all I know, because they don't fucking miss. But I'm sure they're busy. But It was a PS3 game. It's probably before your time spent. You were probably, <laughs> you know, in nappies running around when PS3 was out. That's crazy. I had a PS3, but it was stolen. So that's why I've not heard of it, mate. That's the way it's gone. So, yeah, it was, well. it was, it, it was a launch game, wasn't it? Heavenly Sword for PS3. And it was it was poor man's God of War. 
essentially, Spence. It, it it wasn't really that great. It was all right. It was way overrated. Phil loved it, but it's way overrated. She did make it into... I can't remember the character's name. She made it into PlayStation All-Stars, though, or her stage did, anyway. Don't know if she did. but uh, She was in it. Ah, but there you go. But in terms of the studios that you've recommended, Phil, got a hard disagree with you on these. So Fire Sprite working on Concord and Haven are working on Fair Games. So the two big multiplayer games. So I can't see them doing any single player shit for a while. They're going to be supporting these games. Just like when we heard from Naughty Dog that they've had to cancel their ambitions for The Last of Us. Live service games take a lot of stuff up. So I can't see them working on it. For me personally, I mean, Ninja Theory were the guys who made Heavenly Sword, if memory serves. They're owned by Xbox, right? Just fucking let it go. Just let Ninja Theory do it themselves. <laughs> no one cares, man. No one cares. It's the same this, way. this is what happens when I disagree with you guys. That's class. I disagree and then put some dirt on Helldivers and you guys are like, whatever Phil says next, <laughs> he's going down. He's going to fuck Heavenly Sword. Fuck Phil. I'm just thinking... Come on, guys. Let's this, be fair. This is the same energy that I get from Spence whenever I bring up Resistance. And he's like, it's fucking dead, mate. It is irrelevant IP. It's only free games. Four, including the PSP one. Fuck off. <laughs> and we don't talk about the PSP one. If it happens, I'll be happy for you, mate. I certainly won't be gushing for a new Heavenly Sword. But who am I? Audience, write in. Let me know. Are you interested in Heavenly Sword coming back? Write into the email or reach out to us on the socials. Let us know. Back up Phil here. I'm picking on him a little. So for my next prediction, I don't want anyone picking on me for this. It's, it's coming for me, I know it. I reckon, guys, that no more than one showcase and two state of plays for this entire year. PlayStation going to rely more on uploads to YouTube with blog posts for smaller things that traditionally would have been included. I think that... Last year was kind of testament to how much we have. We had fuck all in terms of showcases. I think that's now the norm. And I think that the the blog posts and they can rely on Twitter really and people like us to be able to share the news out to the wider people because we used to get state of plays that were for like any Tom, Dick and Harry game, right? And we always be like, oh God, this load of shit. You know, it's like 20 minutes of bollocks, right? And then maybe one good thing. Nowadays, they just put it on to blog posts. So I think they just go even further with that and they take it down even less. And we'll just have Jeff Grubb coming out with predictions every single month for months until we get three drops across a year. Two being minor, one being major. That's my thoughts, guys. Depressing, but that's what I'm thinking. Hard disagree for obvious reasons. <laughs> and for the less obvious reasons, I really enjoy the state of plays. I really enjoy any kind of showcase that PlayStation brings to us. And for that reason, I want to see more. We're getting games out the absolute wazoo at the moment from PlayStation. This PlayStation Nation that we are honoured to be part of, they are killing us with the amount of games that are coming out. So of course we're going to be seeing more state of plays, more announcements, more shows than we have been uh, previously because we're on a roll. We're on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. We are chugging along at good pace at the moment. So keep it coming, Sony. I'm just eating it up. Bring it on. More, more the better. i tell you what, my heart agrees with Phil. My brain actually agrees with Davey. 
And I'm really upset by it because at the moment, there's no reason for them to keep doing state of plays. Like Xbox aren't doing much or anything. They don't need to compete with the space. They don't need to try and make big deals out of it. And also, I actually quite like when a YouTube video just drops and you're like, holy shit, rather than a big state of play. I mean, I love a state of play and a showcase. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. But random YouTube video will like make your day. You'll be like, holy shit. And if this like they could space out the drops rather than it being one big showcase, they could be a week where they're like, we're doing a new reveal every week. Check our YouTube. And then at like 6 p.m. every day of the week, there's a new trailer. You'd be like, oh shit. Something to look forward to every day. That could be awesome. I don't think they would do that. But that's what they should do if they're smart with it. Once Eric's in charge, that's what he's going to be doing. And I I do think you're right, Davey. Maybe not two state of plays. Maybe uh, uh, we only get like three now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you, mate. I think I honestly think you're probably right. I don't want to be right. Just let, let me get out of here. I love a state of play and I love a showcase. I want there to be more just like Phil does and just like Spence does. But the the tea leaves at the moment are reading like as if they just don't want to fucking say shit. And we're always saying, why did they put that in a blog post? And that seems to be like another thing we always raise on the podcast is how they keep burying games in the blog post. I think it's going to double down on it. And that's just the place that you go to to be able to learn more about PlayStation. They just hype up the blog even more. Because that's generally where most of the reveals seem to come from these days, or for especially for VR, anyway. But yeah, sad, sad reality. Hopefully it doesn't come to pass. Spence, give me your final prediction. Okay, so for my final one, it's, this is like the crazy, as we've said, this kind of is. But it's again, it's just something I really desperately want. We've had the portal. It's a streaming platform. It's not really a handheld. I don't think we'll get it this year, but I think they will show the, not the Vita, the V2. Ooh. Oh, they probably won't, but that's what I want. That's what I want to see in 2024. Lads, I'm not sure if you agree. I know you'd buy it, so it's no point me asking you that. But do you think there's a possibility of this in 2024? What do you think? I know Lurian said that these had to be unique predictions, but... What's a safe possible crazy without a Philip Hoy hardware prediction? And my final prediction was that we were going to see, and I've named it slightly different, so I'm going to class this as being a unique prediction. <laughs> we're going to get the Portal Plus. PlayStation Ooh. Portal Ooh. has skyrocketed in the amount of activity that we're seeing about it online. The search results are crazy for PlayStation Portal, and you cannot get one for love nor money. Well, you can on StockX, but they're, you know, boosted by all the ninjas that have bought them really quickly. Damn you ninjas, you make the list as well. Because I would love one. I love my <laughs> handhelds. And I would love the PlayStation Portal Plus, which I'm keying it in, it's going to have an optional download for certain Sony games. And that's what makes my prediction different to yours, Spencer. It's going to be a primarily streaming service, much like the portal, but there's going to be an optional downloadable 
for certain games, okay? And the way that's gonna work, I, I've played this out in my mind and it's made some sense, okay? So PlayStation Portal doesn't have the hard uh, doesn't have the hardware and the processing power to be able to do these big AAA games, does it? No, and that's why it's a streaming service. But there are some games that easily it would be able to produce, replicate, and you would have a moderate, if not, a pleasant experience on a PlayStation Portal with. So to attach that little hard drive, that's all it is, is a PlayStation Plus or a PlayStation Portal Plus. That's all it is with a hard drive strapped to the back so you could download certain games and you'll get a new rating on the PlayStation Store, which will be PlayStation Portal Plus approved, much like you get with the Steam Deck on Steam. I thank you very much. Can I just say, <sighs> first off, I love both of these predictions in terms of I like the theory that there could potentially be a new handheld, right? And I think that you're on something a little bit, Phil, in terms of I was completely wrong about the portal in terms of how successful it would be. I think Lurian was shouting, oh, it's going to do great in Japan. It's going to do great. La, la, la. People are just mugs, right? And they just bought it. And, you know, fair play. If you're enjoying it, fine. I still don't think it fucking works properly. But enjoy, enjoy it, right? Enjoy that shit. I would kill for a downloadable version of the PlayStation Portal in terms of it just being a handheld. I would kill for it. I would absolutely fucking kill for it. Your version, though, Phil, no fucking way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. And I, there's I, no I'm sorry I said something bad about Helldivers, David. <laughs> I, I'll hold my hand up. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me go on record. I love Helldivers. <laughs> no what i mean is that like this the pc the pc ecosystem are used to having shit where they gotta jump through hoops and research if anything will play on their given specs right they're used to doing that kind of bollocks these people that would buy this just to play fifa while they're on lunch break eating their sandwich from the from the coal mine right they're not going to be look. They're not going to be used to fucking looking in if it's got a plus on it and all this shit. They won't. They'll be like, "What do you mean? I can't play. I can only play FIFA 16, and I can't play FIFA 24. What the fuck?" But Davy, that's how people learn, and ultimately, Sony are doing a service there because they're upskilling people. They're basically giving you a brick wall that you can. But your head up against, and unfortunately, computer says no on this. You can't play the newest games. You can play slightly older games and some of those mini games on PS Plus. <laughs> That's crazy. I think just because of the extra complication, I don't believe it. But I do love the amount of thought it's gone to. I love the naming convention as well. I think the naming convention is actually excellent, having the plus on it. I really, really like that. Do I think either of them are going to happen? Either of your predictions? No, I don't. Right? Actually... Actually, walk it back. A few episodes ago, when I was first crowned king, and I can still say I'm still within the three episodes, I said on that, I think it was on our Christmas episode, Spence, that I was going to believe every hardware rumor that was ever going to happen, because I'm always wrong, right? That's true. I now emphatically believe both of you. So apparently there's going to be two skews. There's the one that you can play everything and the one that's <laughs> half-step. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board. I'll tell you what. For one, these aren't the same. They're not the same thing. I think my idea is, well, it's my idea, it's just a thing, a handheld system. You download games, it has its own library, completely different from PS5. Maybe it has remote play built in. Your idea, Phil, I think it's better marketed, especially with the name Portal Plus, where if you have a connection, 
it's more of a subscription where it doesn't need to be linked to a PS5. It just streams kind of like the PS3 Clouds thing did, or you could just stream from the servers they actually have where you can stream PS4, PS5 titles. And that's a subscription you can have where you don't actually need to connect to your physical PS5. You can still be able to stream games. I think that makes more logical sense. I love that idea. I should have thought of that one, Spence. Jesus, that is that's good. I, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll I'll switch and have that one. <laughs> yeah. it, it makes it makes it makes a lot of sense that you know maybe this is the first step into getting a PlayStation. And we're talking about the decline of PlayStation Plus and how people are reducing their subscriptions. Having a handheld console where you don't need a PS Five, but you could get all the benefits or some of the benefits of this subscription service might make a lot of sense. I think I think that's the way to go, especially it fits the name a lot better, I think. I think having a hard drive strapped to your pool is a terrible, <laughs> terrible fucking idea. I, I got the idea because I've done that with my Steam Deck. So I've just got an external hard drive, which I strapped to the back to have all uh, my kind of ROMs and everything else on. So I was like, PlayStation need to do this. Let's get some downloads going. So, <laughs> But no, I really like your idea. Subscription service, PlayStation, Portal Plus. There we are. That's a new, that's an extra prediction for you, Lurian. Extra one. There we go. Streaming service for the portal. Bang in. I think that's it, really. I don't think, Phil, it's not going to happen. Mine, I hope it happens, but doubtful. But let's see. Davey, mate, what is your final prediction? So the final prediction of the evening. And this is why, Lurian, I did want to expand. This is what I think is going to happen this year. <clears throat> we had rumors before about how they were working on PS2 and PS3 emulation. It's about a year ago now. I think it's going to be a fruit this year. I think that the, they will turn off streaming for PS3 games because PS3 downloads will go live this year with the PS3 store closing down alongside it to the upset of everyone. Uh, already on the PS3, if you don't know, if you haven't bought a game, I, I just bought Silent Hill on there the other day. You can only buy with top-up cards. So you can only buy by using a gift card. So you have to you know, buy credit. Uh, load it onto your PSN account, and that's how you buy games on the PS3 store and Vita store these days. I think they're going to close down the PS3 and Vita store, but only when they enable the PS3 downloads, and they'll add the back catalogue of PS3 games they got onto the PlayStation 3 store right now straight into the PS5 store. So that then you could download the games that can't be mentioned 1, 2, and 3 from the PS PS1. You could download Silent Hill... Um, one because that's a ps1 game any ps1 games you want ps2 ps3 all be able to be downloaded within playstation 5 great little money maker doesn't take anything extra i don't believe i don't think they'd have to relicense if it's already within their digital ecosystem not sure how that law would work but i can see this finally being the year that we actually get full ps3 emulation i mean i'll tell you what it's about time because everyone's been struggling with ps3 emulation even the pc guys struggled with it for years it works but it's finicky a lot of games don't work completely do my question for you do you think grubby grubby sony would make you pay for the games again my dream would be that it syncs up because it's the same psn account so the original issue we had if you remember all the way back when it came to changing names, uh, it was like impossible, right? Especially on like PS4 and stuff like that. Because this PlayStation 3 ecosystem and the architecture they had was so fucked, right? And they finally gotten a way around that and put like a proxy name in front of it and stuff like that. But it's all tied in. So when I go onto my PlayStation 3, 
you're able to see catalogs of games that you've got um, from from everywhere, but you can only download the ones that are specific to PlayStation 3 and Vita, right? Like, I don't see why it would be a problem to be able to do that and to be able to just have all your purchases that you've already made from PS3 onto PS5 and just have that. But I don't know if that would come with the service immediately. I think it would probably be baby steps and they'd probably get the emulation in first and get it for the games that are already in PS Now, uh, in, in PS Extra, sorry, in PS Premium. Get those so they're downloadable and then from there start rolling in the PS3 back catalogue because then you've got thousands of games that just all automatically just go into the service and then the PlayStation 5 becomes... We, we all know at the moment, and this is a, probably a small piece of the overall gaming landscape, but there's a huge conversation going on at the moment about uh, preservation for for games, especially as a lot of a lot of places that traditionally sold games like Walmart, things like that, they're not selling them anymore. They're just they're refusing to stock them because no one's really buying them. They're buying digital. It's a way to be able to preserve a new way to get those classic games back. You know, the PS3 is like amazing for game preservation. It's got everything: PS3, two and one, all in one place. And my PS3 is permanently hooked up for that reason that i can just easily download a game i want to review or i want to play these days i can just go do it i think it would be smart but in 2024 i think it would just be the case of they just get the downloadable side of it right and that's something that would come along down the line that that's my thoughts anyway i mean fair enough i think it makes it makes a lot of sense i think and it does seem like the right time for them to actually figure out the emulation it's a shame it's when I get a PS3, but I mean, it does make sense. I do kind of agree with you, depending on, in my head, I'm thinking that, yeah, what Lurian said is coming true and it's, it's all getting gone, but I don't know. It's two, two kind of predictions that bounce off of each other really well. I do think you both might be onto something with what you're saying. It's one of those things that has been rumored for a long, long time, hasn't it? But they've never been able to... Uh hit the nail on the head shall we say with ps3 and i think it would be a big draw for for many people not myself um i i'm a collector as as fans of the show will know i have many ps3s and i have quite a big catalog of ps3 games uh, up on the shelf which at any point i can just plug in and and, and play so unfortunately there's, there's no draw for me but i think it would be really nice um if if sony does actually crack this and then we will be able to uh, see those games available uh, to play on ps5 Time will tell on any of these predictions. We are on the 11th of January on a day of recording. Anything can happen over these next uh, this next year, guys, and it's going to be a wild ride. I think someone needs to hold up a newspaper just in case <laughs> we get something right, because it'll be the biggest coup ever, wouldn't it? Headline news. It'd be in the fucking sun. Philip Hoy <laughs> has got a prediction right. I think the only one that's got one right is Spence. So I think he's still the only person on this podcast to actually nail a prediction. I think everything else you and me have ever said, Phil, has just been horrendously wrong. So don't hold any faith in this audience. I've got as much credibility as Jeff Grubb. 
So we'll have a look and see. <laughs> so we'll have a look and see where we go from here. But it's going to be a great year exploring it all with you. Remember, audience, if you ever want to take control of the show, just like Lurian has with posting this question, then please write in. You can reach us out in a number of different ways. Hit us up on the socials. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on, I think you always post on Instagram, don't you, Phil? But it's obviously your personal Insta, right? Personal Insta, at Philip Hoy. So you can check us out on there. We got a Reddit as well. Loads of different ways to be able to reach out to us. Get on there. And of course, the email, psvtrust at gmail.com. All the links to all our socials will be in the description of the show. If you've enjoyed the show today, well, a couple of ways you could support us. If you're watching on YouTube, then hi. Best thing you could do, put a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and just tell anyone you can about it. You know, we're a small show in the grand scheme of things, and we're trying to grow to 500 this year. It's a big old reach. And the only way we can do it is with your help. So any help would be much appreciated. I normally insult you guys around about here, but I'm just going to be nice. If you're listening on podcast services, anywhere that you listen, please put a rating on. It does help us. And we've got a five-star rating still to this day, which is fantastic. So let's hope we keep that up and let's grow those even more. Thank you to everyone that does listen, no matter which platform you're on. Guys, it's been an amazing episode to podcast with you all. I, of course, have been Davey. I've been Jeff Grubb. And I've been Spencer. Take care, guys. Hey. In PS We Trust is hosted by Davey, Phil, and Spencer. You can write into the show via our email, pswetrust at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at inpswetrust. To find each of us online, follow our Twitters at ssjdavey, at philiphoy, at spenpie underscore. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. See ya.